Hello, everybody. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons for Saturday, May 21st, 2022. Uh, I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz, John Jagger, Kristen Ashton, and of course, Kyle Ferguson rounding us out. We're about to play some D&D, and we're glad to have you here with us while we do said D&D. If you are a little bit parched or needs a little pick-me-up in your day, head on over to phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD and grab some teas based on our campaigns. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everybody. So go check it out. Uh, that's going to do it. Let's get straight to it and catch us up on what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons with Kristen. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, the pack partied like it was their last night living. Nash fell in with his family, Varel mustered a manic mating, Hope put away her past, and Stanley joined the jaunting jubilation. In the morning, a magical meal cured them of queasies before they made it to the waiting war council. Advances and attacks were agreed upon, and while the principal would no doubt undermine with unimagined uproar, the company of combatants concluded, confident in the fate of their fight. Now rejoin our heroes as they leave for their last stand. What ills will the principal provide? Can they properly pursue their plan? And just how many episodes will feature this fight? Find out as we return to the wide and weird world of The Wastes. All right, Bo, you're up. Welcome, everyone. We rejoin Stanley Billings, a.k.a. Valir Ornoth, Hope, Queen Hope, Orifi Hope, Akmanos. Oh, my God, I'm bungling this. Nash Magard of the Solar Mines, <laughs> and, of course, Varel Rasveen Curic. <laughs> As they uh, are sit- seated around the Grove seats along with their fe- fellow l- faction leaders, in the grove underneath the great elder tree of Mars, known as Sumar Slinar. At the end of last week's episode, we were discussing, or the party was discussing their plans for assaulting the the last bastion of Vladimotrix, the Chrome Lord himself, on Earth, the Solar Mines. At the center of this grove where everyone is seated, there is an illusory map displaying an area of mountains ranging in a circle within the center a valley filled with solar panels and various factories and uh, buildings where its population works and lives under the duress of its rulers. Uh, To recap who is in attendance, uh, we also have the High Elf, Amanthalodar, the previous leader and still spiritual leader of the Elhendari Elves, the military uh, leader for the Elhendari, General Chrysorius. Um, we've got the Liberator Faction representatives, which is an ex Kishi orc known as the Nameless One, as well as the proprietor of the Sapphire in Slave Town previously, Bertrand the Jeweler Bolg. Famously got into a fight with Nash oh so many years ago. Uh, we also have um, Hargo Moon, he who is blessed with Wise Finger, a giant seated behind the seats watching on. Monsoon Cabbage, the Vampire Knight is here. Diantalus, Archfey of Carnage, an energy being of blue, is in attendance. Uh, as well as various, uh, as well as uh, a the leader, <laughs> I don't have the name handy, uh, King Zalar, I believe is his name, of the Aarakocra, the bird people with whom we've had very little interaction with. Um, 
this war council of earthly defenders continues their conversation. Now, when we last left off, these were the following determinations the party had made. They're going to start the battle at the front gate. The Heroes of the Wastes, along with the Liberators and possibly other forces. I have questions. Tieflings, perhaps. Once the battle is underway, four different strike units will attack the anti-air towers within the valley. Diantalus will take the northwest tower. And if you look at Roll20, you'll see uh, they're in the general vicinity for the strategy plan. Um... The Lizard Folk Tactical Team, or TAC Team, as I like to call them, will be taking on the Southeastern Tower. Monsoon himself will take out the Northeast Tower. And the 99 Nashes, who are not in attendance, but are very, you know, key faction within the army of uh, Earthly Defenders, uh, will be disposing of the Southwest Towers. So the battle at the front gate is meant to be the distraction. You may not necessarily get through the front gate. You don't know if you will or not. But once those towers are destroyed, the Fate Six will swoop in, carrying the Trianglosphere, pick up our Heroes of the Wastes, and beeline it to the center, while at the same time the Alhandari Air Forces will then begin striking from the sky um, below. You will also have uh, Eddie's Gambit and Eddie and Sarah aboard their ship assisting as well. Uh, The... The four tactical teams will uh, attack the Slow Peters in the in the valley, while forces ground forces will converge at a point in the center and set up a perimeter um, from which you will fight from. Uh, if the vehicles break into the valley, they can join the fray as needed, just charge in and go nuts. Uh, the Elhandari elves, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Um, once you're in the solar mine, the Nashes, the 99 Nashes, are to help emancipate slaves. And those are the determinations. So when we last left off, Bertrand said something kind of off-color, and everyone was like, all right. Um, uh, so the floor is open to anyone who wishes to uh, speak. I don't know. This plan's a pretty good plan. Feeling really good about it. Yeah. Nash has nothing to add to the plan. It sounds good to him. Amanthalodar looks to you, Vorel, and says, Your little green friend, or green-brown friend, um, made a big kerfuffle when he was last here about something. Is there any hope of assistance from your your young goblin um, charge? Oh, Bok-Bok. I believe he will be victorious in becoming king of goblins and join us with a rowdy crew ventured in rusty metal vehicles. So, uh, in that regard, and I'll, I'll approach the map, kind of wary as it's all holographic and weird. Uh, is there any props I could grab nearby? Um, there are no, well, there's, uh, leaves and stones and twigs. You're, you're in a valley, so th- this auditorium is made entirely of tree things. Very elven in, in look and feel. Is there a platform of which the projection is Yes, it's on a, if you picture the, you know, the Star Wars look of circled seats with a battle map on it, like so, but instead of a table, it's like a bush with, uh, you know, flattened twigs where, whereby the illusion is raised from. Gotcha. I'll, I'll alight my sword then and kind of use it as a pointer into, okay. the, into the map. Kind of stare at the map for a moment and... Well, they'll be quite useless unless we're able to take the gate. 
Otherwise, they will drive around in a rowdy style, I assume. Is there perhaps a way to breach the gates and open it from the other side? A tactical team to focus on the gate? Maybe what we need once the anti-air cannons have been disabled? Or perhaps we build a really big jump. <laughs> Do we have such magic? Nash, Valir? I mean, not, uh, I, not at the handy for me. I don't think I have a spell to make a really big jump. I, I think that's more Nash's forte. Well, currently I have nothing that does that. What about teleportation magics? I don't have that right now either. Didn't yeah, Stanley far thought- too limited for an army of goblins. I think our best hope would be to take the gate itself. I mean, currently we have... Uh, Monsoon Cabbage is focusing on the anti-air and then going after the Slow Peters in the area. He could certainly lend more assistance towards the gate, as could Diantalis, but I do think that the Slow Peters are going to need to be taken care of. Um, on the topic of Slow Peters, I can't recall if you had mentioned this in a last meeting, um, Nash. Um, are there any vulnerabilities to the Slow Peters that you're aware of? Well, they're, they are by their nature slow, or at least they were when I last saw them. So speed is not their strength. Strength, In fact, strength is their strength. Uh, they're very powerful and will sh- turn you to pieces, but they, they take their time getting to you. So maybe we have the advantage of of speed or their lack thereof. Right, but if if they uh, you mentioned they were comprised partially of fire, mm. would perhaps ice magics and cold be something that slows them further? Ice magic, water magic, uh, anything that counters fire, yes. Probably. I mean, I I was never able to fight them in that way, so I don't know for sure. And I'm concerned there have been upgrades, but as far as we know, they're still fire elemental beings that are slow. uh, Let me pick at your memory a little bit, because you grew up among these creatures, yes? Yeah. Never in your dalliances as a child has one run up to them and played a prank upon them or did something. Oh, people... Might reveal uh, some information. This happened, but they would die. They would be killed for that level of insolence. Uh, you were you were never meant to uh, fool with the slow Peters. Their job was to uh, kill you if you did that. Understandable. You don't want to throw in a lore Death Star <laughs> weakness on these things while Bo's asking you to like yes, but they're terribly afraid of goblins for some reason. Just I'm, makes them explode in fear every time they see one. <laughs> I mean, I could go that route. I think no I, speed I, is probably not. I don't know if there's anything we can counter that with because they are slow. Hence the name. I'll and and to give it some numbers, let's say they are they are half as fast as a normal human, let's say. (laughs) So half speed. Like, literally, you could give them half speed from a technical DM point of view. Who's the DM, Nash? (laughs) 
Oh, uh, sorry. I was in table talk mode. Um, you, uh, they'll, they'll go um, half as fast as I can run. Okay. Well, that's to our advantage then. Perhaps we can do something quickly that will disorient them. Yeah, they, they're designed to defend well because their slowness is fine if they're, you know, turtled in. But if they're chasing have- us for some reason, they are at a disadvantage. Do you have magics of acceleration then? Uh, closest I can come to that is. Did I get rid of enlarge? Hold on. Hold on one second. I can't remember if I kept that. <laughs> I did. So the closest I can come to that is uh, enlarging someone who would then move roughly twice the speed. They're used well, to. that's size. I, I, I meant something along the lines of haste, perhaps, or time stop. Well, I do have... Uh, I'm thinking of a different character here. Who, who has what here? Hold on. Oh, I do have haste. <laughs> Forgot. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had to use haste. Uh, but yes, but it only affects one creature. So, uh, it you know, it's not going to work on an RBM Goblin's per se, but it could work on one operative. No, but perhaps a single agent comprised of haste can outpace the slow Peter tenfold. Yeah. You, you understand my meaning, right? Yeah, we could and do that. We are looking for weaknesses. If they are slow, then perhaps speed is the key. Well, it, it doubles their speed and uh, they gain plus two bonus to their AC as well. I'm I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I'm sure it, I'm sure its effectiveness is as good as you describe. Mm. Oh, and it lasts up to a minute. I should tell you, I have to focus and concentrate on it too. So, very good. Then we'll be sure to protect you while you cast the spell, so that you don't take damage and break concentration on it. That would be awful. Mm. All right. So. That answers that question about the slow Peters. We have a stratagem for them. In terms of the gate, we originally discussed this as a distraction for the uh, team. Um, If we have rope, we have grappling hooks, uh, Varel. Um, We might be able to launch you via grappling hook to the top of the wall. Are you serious in this effort to try and take the wall yourself? More serious now that we consider the goblin brigade that may be joining us. Taking the wall would be an effective way of causing chaos, unless we wish the goblins to ride about before our party, honking and, well, doing what goblins do is quite distracting. And it could cause a decent amount of chaos and draw forces from the mines. You bring up a good question. We have little information, but we have ways of procuring it with our telemetry. Um, and Amanthalodar, uh, on his um, watery wheelchair, sort of floats up over to the side and whispers into the ear of a, of a page. And he floats back over and he says, I've sent a page to go see if we can't spy on um, anything on the surface resembling something that might tell us if your friend Bok-Bok has managed to procure any resources for our army. We should know within minutes. Very good. So, to recap what we're doing here, we will be 
fighting at the gate. It's in question whether or not we shall try and take the gate right away or find another way in. But the distraction will happen at the gate. The AA towers will be disabled. Um, Anti-air towers will be disabled, at which point the Alhendari forces... What they attack is up to you to choose. They could attack the different um, squadrons that are marked on the map here, but I worry for the paladins in the towers. They will be able to fly up and assault our ships directly through air. So they will not be unfettered, even though the anti-aircraft towers are out. I would expect a certain amount of time they'll be able to remain in the air before we convert to ground assault only. You guys, uh, the heroes can't be everywhere at once to deal with these. And their armor may be too thick for our empathy grenades to penetrate. We shall see on the field of battle. But we're all to converge in the center. Now, I note here that there are lava flows. So, do we converge within rocks in the lava where fighting is difficult? Or do you want us to converge on more solid ground in an area nearby the, the mine itself? I assume the flows, I've, table talk, this, the flows are going to give us difficult terrain or something? If well, we, it's uh, lava, it's going to give us burning. Oh, it's actual fire. lit, like, on fire lava, not, not you know, rock at this point, molten rock. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> well, you know how lava, you said lava flows, lava flows can be f- cooled lava. Mm. So if you're talking cooled, you know, been there for a long time lava, that's one thing. But if you're talking, like, moving on fire just straight out of the guts of the planet lava then that's that's then my oh, question Ash. is very dumb you should ask Nash <laughs> <laughs> you should ask Nash ask him what about the oh ask him about the, the he, lava he, he was there yeah, yeah. although <laughs> to your to your, <laughs> to, your, to your recollection it's indeed uh, both there's a uh, cooled rock but there are hot lava flows uh, there as well okay well, to my question, though, hot lava. so so we'll all know that. But my to my question, though, if we're, we meet there and it's even if it's cool, does that represent difficult terrain from a technical like? Standpoint? For sure. OK. Yeah. You will sink into the uh, you will sink into the lava. It will burn you, but also make it slow to walk. It's not easy. Yeah, I'd imagine not. <laughs> no. I think our top priority is to form a defensive perimeter. Just try and keep as much stuff from coming in behind us as possible. So wherever you feel you can best defend would be the best place to set up. So, question for the DM? Sure. Naturally, Varel is, all right, let's kick butt. Can I share ideas outside of character? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, okay. we're having fun. If you, if you don't feel like, well, my guy's the 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 least tactical of the group, but it's killing me because I got a role play. No, no, you could talk about it. We want to make this epic. So, yeah. Okay. Nash is confused about most things, and I think it was a child too when he was here, so he doesn't remember anything about the inside of the solar mines. We got to go down in it. Would the information library have like a map or something for us? I mean, it's called the information library. Seems... I only put that there because Nash uh, Scott made it up. So I, I'm. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I, I, I can tell you what's in there. What's in there is a bunch of stuff to try to try to mold young minds into being a certain way. Like 
Twilight. It's DVDs, yeah. DVDs, yeah. old old videotapes, books. It's school. Indoctrination place. Sure, it's, it's indoctrination. Code. Exactly. So it's not really a place of like, ooh, like the internet where I gotta I gotta go find an answer to a problem I'm having. It's more like just what do they want us to see? What tripe are they filling us full of so that we're ignoring the obvious, which is this place is weird. Um that kind of thing. So is it possible there's maps or something in there? Yes. But I, I, Nash would not have direct knowledge of that. Maybe the government buildings then? Because it sounds like we're, we have a view of the outside, but we don't know what's inside. Also, Workerberg looks like the unit system from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's this. a unit system. Um, yeah, the government buildings might. But to that end, Nash has never been in there either. I just think that with how grossly outnumbered we are, our best bet is a sprint to the goal. Like, to me, we don't win a war of attrition in this. It's just, we just lose more and more numbers. So expediting is better. And while the idea of fumbling around down in the mines doesn't sound great, uh, I think the idea of fumbling around looking for a map sounds less great. Okay, that's fair. Um, we could also plan to bring um, an entourage of elite units down with us so that if we run into more than just the principal, we'd have some backup. I mean, we could decide to bring the 99 Nashes with us. How diplomatic are they going to actually be? Not very. They're Not they're diplomatic <laughs> at all, like... but they would know it. They, One yeah, of them, they, right? They, yes, but also their whole... Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Bo, but it feels like their their commitment is also hinges a little bit on their ability to free these slaves. Um, they might know you. Like, remember, you were from here. Maybe someone will vouch for you when you're like... I mean, I don't think a slave needs a lot of convincing to like, hey, do you want to not be a slave anymore? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you know... And then yeah. if someone's like, oh, oh I recognize that's old Nash from, from many years ago. He's, you've grown up and you've gotten, oh boy, you look quite sick. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's entirely possible. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is we should leverage them for whatever they're worth. Like, if we want as much magic damage or whatever it is we want out of these guys, we should we should aim for that. And not for, you know... This purely diplomatic thing is probably can be accomplished with us. I mean, whoever makes it to the center in terms of the entire army could, in theory, you know, rush into the mine. It doesn't have to be the four of you. It could be all all the army. Yeah, that's true. Do you, these slow peters you have around the map are they are they single units or do these represent Sing, more than single one? units? Okay. Yeah, if there's more than one unit, I mark them in parentheses so the. Uh, the so and, and there will be some light RTS um, elements as combat goes on. This map will shift and change. I've created rules and stat, small stat blocks for all the units. So we will be doing the the war simulation. Okay. As it goes on. Um, so yes, anything with multiple uh, units, like you'll see a hundred on the Toyota host. So there's a, you know five hundred and a, a Dragon Sun General. The Kuromukishi are in, always in squadrons of four. Paladins are singular. Slow Peters are singular. Okay. That's good to know. And their total forces number about a thousand from what was witnessed on the surface by Nobieri. Uh, 
Well, as you guys uh, contemplate and scratch your chin and think about the plan, uh, a Elhandari elf walks in with a with a box, um, a nice like ornate case, and approaches Admiral Chrysorius. And Admiral Chrysorius looks, opens the box, and then he takes the box. Or he comes. Actually, he beckons the Elhandari soldier to to walk with him, and he starts approaching people. And he reaches into the box and in a nice styrofoam padding pulls out these small headsets. And he walks over to use Celeli Prime, and he gives you a headset. He's like, here, ancient te- Earth technology for communication. And he hands you an earbud with a, with a microphone attached. Okay. Um, you place it in your ear, over your ear, and this allows us to communicate over vast distances. We will need this wireless communications during battle so we can stay apprised of what's happening throughout the battlefield. It will be a tremendous advantage over the savage whore, Toyota host hordes. Hordes. <laughs> the Toyota host hordes. And then he goes to you, Hope, and he gives you one, and he begins passing it around. Nash, you get handed a headset. All right. Uh, Varel, um, Admiral Chrysorius looks at the headset and looks at you, and he goes, I'm not sure we have one fitted for Varel. Can this fit in your ear receptacle? I'll look at it. <laughs> your ear receptacle. Yeah. So it has it has like it's so the, the, the it's like a Bluetoothy kind of thing. It has the over an ear thing to clip on. Has an ear bud and then a long uh, like a twig. It looks like it looks very pathetic uh, as far as you know some war device uh, is. You know if you look if you consider weapons and things, it's it's you know. It doesn't look very um, threatening or formidable. Hmm. Uh, Vorel, this will allow you to communicate over vast distances with your companions. Yelling. It's a form of yelling, yes. Excellent. It will aid you in your yelling. I'll hold on to it. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chrysorius uh, comes over though. Let's, let's see if we can't get it fitted in and a few uh, Elhandari elves come over to help you fit it into your head if you wish you have it oh, in your hand yeah. yeah okay I'll let him have at it alright so you have to kneel down a bit so they can reach your head and then they start trying to jam it into your ear hole they're looking for it and stuff alright and then he passes out the headsets to everyone else and Admiral Chrysorius looks at everyone and says these headsets will allow us to communicate so Diane Talis, Monsoon, uh, your 99 Nash's Nash, and the li- uh, Varel, your lizard folk, are to communicate with us when they've accomplished their goal, and then we can communicate with the air forces to come in and strike. Excellent. And, of course, you can use it to speak with one another over vast distances as well. This will be... Communications will be a big advantage to us and will compensate for our numbers as we will be able to outflank and outsmart them. What if they fail the communications? How do we communicate then? Through magical means or not at all. Take great care with them. They're the only ones we have. Manthet Lodar looks and says, All right, I I think this might be the best plan. Oh, wait. And another page walks in, talks to him. Well, uh, Varel, I, I don't know that this is 
positive news necessarily, but um, our telemetry, our telescopes upon Earth have detected a large cloud of sand being disrupted upon the surface in the general vicinity of the solar mines, but we know not what's in it. Our best guess and hope is that it is your friend with his reinforcements he mentioned to you. We will see then. Hmm. Well then, everyone, the longer we wait, the more strong our enemies grow. We will be ready to depart within the hour. Just time to take back our planet and to take back, um, to, to, to usurp this corrupt individual who's plagued the Earth for a thousand years. Now. And then looking for some help uh, for, for a grand uh, war cry. Uh, Amenth Lodar turns to you, Salele Prime. Well, what we are facing is definitely going to be the greatest challenge, but uh, it is for no less than the sake of an entire world. I can think of no nobler goal. I thank everybody for being here. And I have faith that every one of us is going to execute what we need to. And while it is going to be a hard day, it is going to be one that ends in victory. There's, there's sort of a solemn silence as everyone nods. And while Chrysorius looks uh, to the group and says, It has been decided then, war begins within the hour. Speak to your forces. All are ordered to report to the loading docks for vehicles loaded onto the ships and your personnel. We move out. And then he sort of uh, stands to attention, spins around 180, and walks out with Elhandari soldiers. And everyone begins leaving quickly to go to where they need to. Except for Dian Talos, who kind of sits on a chair, puts his feet up, and is like, you know, whittling his nails. And he just looks over at you and he gives you a little smile, Stanley. Stanley just gives him a, like, eye roll and turns around and ignores him. All right. All right. No words are exchanged, just looks. Uh, what do you guys do? Everyone is departing now from the last council of earthly defenders uh, and solemnly with all thoughts of their own um, on the battle to come. Uh, leave. Um, where is, uh, where's Union? Is she, she's, was she she's, here? Yep, yeah, she is in attendance with you. She's by your side. Quiet. She's quiet and, um, saw, like, solemn, performing her duty, uh, like, at, at attention, performing her duty, but, um... She still the, seems off since... Well, now that you've been with her a bit, you can tell that she's off, but by by how on she is, if that makes sense. Like, she started to let her guard down, you know, interpersonal contacts with the group, and she's just completely thrown herself into just her role. Uh, I'd see if I could pull her aside for just a moment. Of course. Kind of away from everybody else. Yeah. You do so discreetly to not draw attention to it. Yeah. All right. Union, I was hoping we could talk a bit before the battle. Um, Of course, my Solili Prime. Well, 
you have seemed, um, I don't want to say incapable of doing your duties, quite the opposite. You've seemed uh, extra focused, and uh, obviously last night was a bit of a insane party. Is, is everything all right? Everything's quite fine, my Silele. I've simply, um, we've had a victory, and there was some celebration, but it was important that I needed to be reminded that I've devoted my life to the protection of the Sileli Prime and the Elhandari people's efforts to restore order to Earth and to nature. I have my role to play, and I shan't lose focus of it. Well, you do. Uh, you did, as a matter of fact. You, uh, all too recently, damn near gave your life for that very purpose. And while I cannot take full credit, or even perhaps majority credit, in saving you, uh, I did have a role to play. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this, Union. I didn't help save your life so you could throw it away. Where we are going is very dangerous. And as far as I'm concerned, you have performed your duties admirably and to the letter and had them fulfilled. If you are looking for something more, I suggest you use this second chance to find it. There is nothing I want more than to see Elhendar prevail, especially at this time in its hour of need, when the stakes are most dire, when we are so close to failure, yet so close to success. I would live a sad life of shame if I were anywhere else but at your side, to the last, as I've devoted my life to do. Very well. Your but, words are uh, wise, Salili Prime. I, I am proud to serve you. Alright, well. You take care of yourself, too, okay? As far as I am concerned, you are not here as a personal bodyguard. You are here as a capable warrior to help us achieve a goal. You are a symbol of our people. I guard not the individual, but the ideal, as well as the individual. It warms my heart that you are worthy of the task. Well, we but will I see. will be nowhere else but here. All right. Well, if you, uh, if you need anything, you let us know. My needs are met. Very good. And Stanley will head out. Hmm. How do you think that went? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was fun. <laughs> All right. So you, um, you depart. Uh, so uh, the ships will be leaving in an hour. War is underway. People uh, within, it's kind of quiet for the first few minutes, but then you start to see large swaths of troops, of Elhandari troops, moving towards the landing zone. You hear people shouting. You see here vehicles start up and moving. There's lots of noise and activity happening all throughout the jungle. 
Um, you guys have maybe 50 minutes before you leave. Uh, anything you want to do on Mars before you, you, you leave? I'll go uh, talk to the lizard troop. Bel- what do you call them? The ta- I call them the tack team. Tactical the tack team. team. I'll go talk to the tack team. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to RP it, or is there just want to tell me what your goals are, and we can, we can take care of that? Uh, we can we can walk over there, see what's happening. What's uh right. what's the size of the tack team? Tack team is there's seventy five lizard folk. Uh, All right. Amongst your the remnants of your tribe in Razak Val and Karabalan. and uh, they have been assembled uh, as you approach. Their their pits, they're, they emerge from the sand or from their huts and uh, acknowledge you there. The Great Fang is present. And they circle, they demi-circle around you. I'll look at them all approvingly. Back and forth across the crowd. These elves. They know the importance of this battle, but they take no glory in it. There's no excitement in their step. It's all plans and seriousness, which I know. And uh, perhaps I was reminded by one, some sort of uh, analogy about a butthole. That this will be a chaotic fight. And we, lizard folk, will stand above in these matters. There will be great beasts for us to fell. There will be great cannons firing. The sky will be ablaze with color. And only we will find joy in this. Keep that joy to yourselves. For no one else will understand it here. They will be saddened by the falling of their fellow man, where we know there is glory. And with every one of us that survives, our story lives on. You are to scale a mountainside, descend down, find a great cannon, and disable it. However, I will convince you all in the great joy that could be had in a firing of said cannon. It is simple to do. These... Humans have worked out rudimentary buttons. And all you need is point at things and press. If you find yourself in this joyous position, take it. Fire upon whatever you may, except for something called the uh, workberg. That is where uh, good people toil away. But should you fire on perhaps a slow Peter? Or, as I recall, some sort of tank object? Or, it was all quite fuzzy. Fire on things. And enjoy yourself. We will partake in the firing. And once these forces are defeated, can we claim this land for the lizard folk? This shouts one person. We require a new home. Kervalon, Razek Val have fallen. We need new spoils for our future generations to sing in pride about. Hmm. This Kenyan is vast and beautiful, filled with many potential hunts. Perhaps we can hunt our allies as well after the war is finished. It would be great sport, Great Fang. I do not deny that this bowl would make an excellent nesting ground for future generations. And if we were to remove these hideous sites, such as the solar panels and (laughs) weird tower things... It could become a a righteous home for the lizard folk. We will stake our claim upon it, upon the end of the battle. And people really dig that thing you said. The fact that you're not just going to go there to fight and to hunt, but to claim uh, has really gotten everyone's, the lizard folk imagination 
very intrigued, and they let out a resounding ah! as they all yell, like in rage, but it's happiness, but it's sort of their version of happiness. And the entire jungle can hear the lizard folk uh, blood curdling yell of joy. Excellent. Um, this, is, this is what a battle should sound like, and I press my ear comm so the yelling yeah. can be shared across everyone. <laughs> yeah, Nash, they, they must experience this. <laughs> you hear blood curdling screams crackling over all your headsets now and it's very it's damaging to your ears I would I would go ah, like this and hold it away but go this is probably good that means he's got them all riled up they're on our side this is good but I would do this for a while until they quieted down yeah. it takes like five minutes <laughs> <laughs> they, they yell for quite a while uh, okay and so you've got the the team is enthusiastic and says, "We will take these buttons and we will slay our enemies with the buttons. We shall not fail you, Great Fang." Excellent. All right. Uh, anything else you'd like to do with uh, the uh, the your new tribe? You may wish to name them since they come from various different places: the Golden Sands. The Caravalon Razak Val, but they've all assembled multiculturally under your banner. And 24 of them may be carrying, siring your offspring. Ooh. Ooh. That is a. That is a good question. They'll earn it in battle. <laughs> oh, that's good too. Oh. That is good too. <laughs> Yeah, well, something to think I, I, about. Yeah, I like that ethereal idea. So they yeah. will be known as the tack team for now, but should they prove themselves, they may earn other such titles. Yeah, that it, would be part of my the... other body parts, of course, like the claw of the fang or the eyes of the fang. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I like this. This all this all makes sense. It's all very good, and that gives them inspiration to go claim the land. It's all part of the the thing. All right. Excellent. Um, so for Hope, uh, Stanley, you sort of had your, your speech, but I don't know, Nash, if you need to speak to your family or to... Um, I would just... the one last goodbye. I'd be one big, big, one big goodbye, hang out with the family. If we only have, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, I would spend that time with them and, you know, okay. ensuring, reassuring them that everything's going to be great. We got a plan. Be back in no time, this kind of stuff. Okay. And if you don't come back, is there a backup plan you want to tell them? Um, uh, no, I'll just say, um, I know what I'd do. I'd make a bad joke to my wife, uh, Angela Ashley. I would say, I'd say, look at it this way. There's 101 Nashes going to this thing. Or I guess it's just 100 of us, right? There are 100? Mm, 100. 100, 100 yeah. total with me included. It's I'll Nash say, and the 99 Nashes. I'll say, we got 100 Nashes, of which I'm only one. If for some reason I'm gone... One of those guys will step in. They'll be fine. <laughs> and I'll yeah, kind of wink at her and walk out. <laughs> yeah. She she likes your sense of humor. It works for her. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Bo justifies these like, like, guys, I know this is working for nobody else. Nobody Typical else reaction will be like to punch him or to hate him, but <laughs> she married him. She knows what he is. And so, you know, she obviously is not going to be with any other Nash than her Nash. But so she knows it's a joke. Sure. Good. That's why I married her. <laughs> uh, okay. Perfect. And for you, Hope? Uh, Hope would be studying the triangular sphere and how to work it and turn it on and all of that stuff. Yeah. She so has an the, hour, so she's going to try and cement that before all hell breaks loose. 
Okay, so Nobieri keeps you company then while you do that. Um, and uh, uh, basically, so just like in the biodome on Elhandar, uh, it's you can't, it, it's a big heavy device, right? And it floats, uh, but it's kept in an Autoluke's um, resilient sphere. So you have a remote control that allows you to float it around. Um, and it, it does prevent damage to it, but if that sphere for some reason is disabled and you can enable and disable it with the remote, um, you know, it's vulnerable to damage and it's a highly sensitive device. So care must be still taken, but you don't have to lift it so long as that device doesn't get destroyed. So, and if the device gets destroyed, you're probably asking Varel to lift that thing on your back because it'll be the only one who can do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Then uh, when the team finally meets up again, she will give the device to Stanley since okay. her and Varel are going to be in the front lines. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so the device is going to go on the Fate 6. Um, you guys are not going to start with it because you're going to be on the front line. It's going to be. It's going to come in on the Fate 6 later once you guys meet up. That's the plan, as I understand it. Yeah. Um, perfect. So everyone says their goodbyes, does their final conversations, and uh, eventually makes their way to a giant assembly of individuals, the entire army, multicultural army of, Earth, uh, of, of the earthly defenders gather within the valley upon Mars and assemble into various ships. Um, I'm assuming you're all going to be taking the Fate 6, but if you wanted to board a different ship, um, now's the time to make your selection. There are, there are basically Elhandari dropships, uh, and the Fate 6, so, you know, you'd be on an Elhandari ship. Uh, vehicles are being loaded into some of the Elhandari dropships that can carry vehicles, and elves uh, by the hundreds are moving into these ships, packing them up like sardines. Within ten minutes, the valley clears out and is empty, and people are seated within the ships, and the first of the elven ships begin taking off into the sky. Nice. The four of you are assembled together uh, one last time before making your selection as to which ship to board. Is there a strategic advantage to one ship or the other, or should we all go together? You probably want to stay on the same ship. I'm just asking to be polite. Okay. I mean, the, <laughs> the ghost pirates all survived an attack by a hell giant super ship, so I'm down with them. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. they do that anyway because they're ghosts? No, they can die. Can they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Most can die or be, you know, they can have, yeah, they have a hit point pool. You can kill them. All right. Let's but, go with um, them then. I, I like, I like uh, Varel's thinking I'd go there. All right. So you, you clamber on board uh, the Fate 6 and Uncle Sever welcomes you back. Oh, it's good to have you back on our ship. I'll take the heroes any day. You guys are formidable forces. I'd hate to think that we'd be all alone out here. So what's the plan then, nephew? Well, we, we're going to go kick some, uh, some chrome ass. We are indeed, Uncle. Um, let me give you a breakdown of the plan. And I do. <laughs> We've said it. All right. Let me yep. say it again. Is it, oh, so. wow. All right. I like it. It's got a lot of bollocks on it. I'm, I, I approve. You've got quite a pair there, nephew. Well, here's hoping <laughs> we can execute on it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Anyway, it's your ship. You give the orders around here still. When you're ready to move out, we can do so. And Stanley will look over to Hope, who I'm assuming is piloting the thing. 
and just give her a nod. All right. The fate six begins and lifts quietly off the ground. And picture a crescendoing music as as you lift off of Mars and the deserty planet of Mars begins to fall away underneath you and you see a planet of emergent atmosphere as the small jungly patch attempts to create change upon the surface. And then the the Fate Six floats up into space and joins the other 15 Elhendari dropships as it cruises out uh, into space. The journey itself to Mars, because there is it's a large uh, platoon um, of ships, and not everyone has the same capabilities of speed, um, and for the reasons that we just don't want to like, uh, we want to be careful on approach in case there's any shenanigans on the way. Um, the journey will be four hours. Okay. Good to note for your heroes' feasts uh, as well. Um, so you have four hours to prep in some way during the journey and uh, what does everyone do did i get a long rest or am i still yeah resting? yeah so oh you were i partied um, all night oh no no we, we redconned it to say you did have a long rest and you did sleep but you were just okay. sleep eating okay. <laughs> so your eyes are still open and you're still eating but you're actually sleeping so you got your long rest <laughs> fabulous yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah. What would Nash do? He would take those four hours and um, could talk with the ninety nine Nashes. Uh, that sounds like a nightmare, though. Are they with us? Can we do it all by headset? <laughs> well, they don't have a headset. You should give them a headset, actually. Well, I don't have them to give. Can someone give? Let's. Can we retcon that we gave at least uh, white robe Nasha? Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. Let's. Uh, so ask on the you ask on the headset like uh, any other Nash of the headset, and white Nash response says, "Yeah, we got a headset from an elf guy." <laughs> <laughs> All right, I would call. I'd go. Uh, can I get a Can I get a, a private channel with with white robe Nash? Right robe Nash, can you hear me? Uh, is this everybody can hear this, right? Is there any? Do we have the option, Bo, to do any kind of like off? Yeah, it's not Discord, it's just like a a, a, you know, local air communication. So, no, it's just a headset. (laughs) Okay, you you speak to everyone on the headset. Um, I would say, uh, are you, uh, I go clear the channel for a second. I'm talking to Nash's, and I'd say, do you, uh, do you guys, are you good? Is there anything else you need from me? Do you have any questions? Any Nash-related stuff that we need to go <laughs> go over? Uh, yeah, we've got one. All 99 of us have this question. Um, when we land, what are we doing? Uh, as soon as we get there, we're going to do some really cool stuff. I'll let you know. We'll keep you informed. Don't worry. But where do I land where? <laughs> hi, hi, Nashes. This is this is Stanley. Uh, uh, it's not all the Nashes, uh, Stanley. It's just White Nash. Just okay, white. calling well, me White Nash. I, in my world, I, I'm just Nash, but here I'm White Nash. Okay, well, you seem like a reasonable fellow. Uh, you know, Nash knows the plan, but I don't know why he's not telling you it. <laughs> when we drop you off, you are going to be on the outside of this uh, this the solar mines you're going to use your mold earth spells which i assume most of you possess 
That's uh, do we have? Bo- wait a second. Wait a second. Okay, okay. Do we have boulder spells here? There's a bit of like. Uh, we get some. Of, I think some of them have them. I don't know. They have to check their spell sheets. Well, that's not a surprise. Uh, so, you're going to move into the canyon and attack an anti-air gun. Okay. An anti-air gun. Yes. They have cool buttons. You should use them. Oh, I like that idea. So we're going to go in, we're going to get an anti-air cannon and and shoot the anti-air cannon. Got it. Uh, Varel, let's not confuse the Nashes. <laughs> Most of the things in the air are going to be allies. So shooting at things in the air is not going to be smart. Destroy the cannon so they cannot use it against us. Oh, I don't. I, what do I use to to destroy the cannon? You have destructive spells, yes. Uh. <laughs> and some of you can turn into giant hamsters, yeah. You just crush it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not as easy as that. I need to save it for when it's really important. Is the cannon a really important objective, or am I going to need it later for something? Are we all going to need ours later for something? It's else? a really important I, objective. It's really. How do I hang up? How do I get out of here? Hey, we had to listen to you yelling for five minutes. You can listen to some strategy. That was motivational. Your people don't know how to go to war. It was loud. Oh my gosh, you are. You know what you are. You're my. You're my son-in-law in our group text. He hates them. He's always trying to get out of them. Sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, you and your Nashes. This is important. You need to destroy that cannon. And then you are going to move forward into the city, fighting any of the Slow Peters. Do they know what the Slow Peters are? Do you? Is this information that you are all familiar with? Uh, well, hang on. I mean, I know what. How do you know what a Slow Peter? Because I've told them what it is. But how many? Oh, of that's you... right. You had a council meeting. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey guys, they all know what the Slow Peters are. We know what the Slow Peters are, right? Most of us know what the Slow Peters are. It seems like. Okay, look, how many Nashes do you think it's going to take to destroy an anti-air cannon? <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Pudumptish. The worst joke of all time. <laughs> I mean, why do you need some of us for something else? I'm just thinking. I, I don't know. I've never, I've never taken out an anti-air cannon. Always seems like a bad idea. Honestly, having 99 of you seems like a bad idea to begin with. Well, well, wait, you brought us here. Why you say Stanley, don't upset the other Nashes. I don't know if they're as good-natured as me. And I see Stanley's kind of a dick in this game, in this <laughs> world, too. <laughs> okay. White Nash, do you think you can destroy an anti-air cannon? Uh, yes. Yes, we'll, we'll take care of it. Okay. So yeah. what you will we do... Divide your forces, take out the anti-air cannon and any slow peters in the area, and assuming you all survive this process, then start moving towards the uh, gates of the solar mine and blow up anything that's evil along the way. Okay, is there a map? I mean, I, we were the, we're from there, but it'd be helpful to have a map. Was there a map? There was a map. Can 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 someone bring us a map? 
You've the been there. You've you've got more of a map. Okay, you. okay. Fine. We'll, we'll remember. It's okay. All right. You're going to be in the southwest part of the solar mine. You're going to head towards the northeast. Got it. Do you? Yeah, I got it, Junior. I mean, I, uh, not to side with Stanley, but you don't sound like you got it. You <laughs> <laughs> well, look, what do you want from me? You guys are putting all this pressure on us to like do the right thing. I don't know what's going on. You didn't invite me to your council meeting. You didn't follow up. I'm just trying my best over here, okay? I think we're all forgetting this is the chaos. As long as they get that cannon. <laughs> oh, how do I get this thing out of my ear? Varel, I don't know how to put it back in your ear if we take it out. I'm sorry. Hold on. Is that Varel? It's fine. We're gonna we'll don't we'll be done with this conversation yeah, real quick here. Let me shield and the sword that Hanley and I picked out oh, for you. Oh, this is a fine weapon. See, there you go. He's distracted. Now all we got to do. Anything happens with Grigil, you've got something. We just gnash the hell out of that anti-air cannon. That's it. So that's... Captain, is there somewhere I can practice with this? Uh, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Up on the deck is fine. Just, you know, swing through any of the pirates and, you know, we'll be fine. Excellent. Sounds of battle radiate through. <laughs> <laughs> He's just leaving it live as he trains. <laughs> yeah, you're interrupted periodically by, ah, ah, take that. <sighs> okay, so we got an air cannon. I, I, how hard it could, could it be to not see an air, anti-air cannon, right? It looks like a big gun, I'm guessing. We got this. And, and we have this communicator, so if I have any questions, I can I can ask, right? It'll be fine. There's 99 of us. I mean, come on. Stanley takes the headset off. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> Puts it in his pocket for now. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so anyone want to get any, up to anything else as the ship as the ship's travel to Earth continue? Um, yes. Stanley is going to go below deck to see his father. Oh. Okay. All right. So you make your way below deck. You walk past the triangle sphere that's resting where Hope is still, uh, now that she's no longer needed to pilot, is examining it, and you walk past Pharrell, who's going, whoa, whoa. He's, he's all over the ship. He, somehow he made it downstairs. You walk past him, and he's practicing in the hallway, uh, fighting imaginary enemies. Um, and uh, you walk downstairs, and you sort of see the 99 Nashes, and they see you, but then you pretend not to see them as you continue walking uh, <laughs> further downstairs and make your way to the chamber below the chamber where your father's face is carved in wood. It sits there motionless. And uh, in Elvish, Stanley is going to say, Hello, father. And a voice emanates in your mind um, as the face doesn't animate. It says, Greetings, my son. It is good to see you again. With all that you've seen and all that you know, I would imagine you're probably aware that we're likely coming to the end of things. The winds of war carry whispers of battle. It's been hard for me because I have spent every year of my life wishing 
to be back with you and mom again. And I was given a chance and then knowing what I know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to see you. Honestly felt like I hated you for what you did. To know what you were going to put me through and to decide that I couldn't imagine it, but I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to survive it. I don't know if we're going to succeed or be yet another failure. I have no idea, and I don't want to go into that battle hating you. But I also don't know how to forgive you. And so, I realize that you have seen my story, and you made a decision for me to walk this path, knowing how hard it was going to be. But you've never heard it from me. You saw a vision of what you would put me through, but you haven't heard from my mouth what I went through. And I'm going to tell you. And I don't think you're going to like hearing it, but I think you need to. If I'm going to be able to forgive you for what you did, and more importantly, do what I have to do. And then Stanley will basically tell him, uh, you know, a shortened version of everything he went through from the day he saw them killed and was taken by the raiders all the way up till now. And that's what he would be doing for probably, realistically, <clears throat> how much Stanley talks most of the trip. Yeah, you really, <laughs> you really let loose and, I guess, say a lot, so it's almost as if you're speaking to a wall at a certain point, but you know he's listening and you know he's there. You can feel his presence, um, but it's it's a one-sided conversation as your father listens. And as you lead up to the point uh, where you get to now, a voice emanates in your head and says, You are the child of two worlds. You have your human instincts, which serve you well. And you have your elf instincts, for which I have missed most of your life to help you hone them. The elves understand that there is no free will. There is no choice in hubris of selection. That life operates of its own wild and chaos. It's true to its own nature. And the shortcoming of the inspiring and energetic humankind is their arrogance at being the center of their own story. I feel for your pain and your turmoil. You share two burdens, and those burdens are not both easily reconciled in the same person. 
You will understand that what is about to happen has already happened. And you know this because of the Nashes you have aboard this ship. They have done it. But in the weaving of time and in the weaving of possibility, we seek to achieve the victorious resolution. And in this death and sacrifice must be offered to achieve the goal. I have thought long about this and there was no other way. You may feel that you have been wronged and that you wish to forgive me, but there was no other path for me either. We have done what must be done, what we were destined to do. And this is the very nature of destiny. The sooner you stop fighting your destiny and embrace it, the closer we may finally come to the ultimate victory over the weir. I take no pleasure in delivering pain unto you or your mother or to anyone that I have had to use to achieve the ultimate end of good. In a world of wish, I would not want to have hurt or caused any of these things to happen to you. But without those experiences, you would have no chance of fulfilling your destiny. And thus suffering must be a part of life. is perhaps the most difficult lesson a father can give to his child. To hurt him, knowing he will strengthen him. Stanley stands up. He kind of nods. And he starts to walk out of the room. And he stops before he leaves. And... In... Common. With the accent that his father now understands the source of. Mm -hmm. He says... I think you and Don Talis would have gotten along quite well. And walks out of the room. Oh. Harsh words. The wood, the wood face of the boat, the wood boat face is unmoving. You know, you feel the same energy, no change, but there's no satisfying reaction to your, to your ultimate conclusion. And not insult, but, you know, observation meant to to criticize. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, do you feel better about going to war? No. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Elves, man. <laughs> what, a, what, what a people. All right, so you ascend back up, and uh, the Nashes sort of look at you, but they kind of see that there's an energy emanating off you, and they kind of all pre- now they pretend they don't see all 99 of them <laughs> look at you, and they like go back to like their scrolls, trying to figure out what spells they have, and um, you ascend the stairs, <laughs> and then you ascend the stairs, and then Varel's still high yang, and uh, you know hope is hard at work, and um, you know Yunyan has been, she's been there the whole time. Um, she, I don't know if, would you have her come into that room with you or would you told her to wait outside? Uh, she probably would have waited outside. Yeah. So she waited outside, but, um, she's just been diligently next to you and, uh, you, you walk up past everybody and where do you head to within the boat? Um, he'd probably go to his quarters. All right. You go to your quarters and you close union out. Um, he'd probably look for a diplomatic excuse and just sort of say, I, Union, I think I need to rest for just a, a bit. If you could let me know when we're almost there, I'll head up on deck. She bows in compliance to you. Sweets outside your door. Okay. Well, uh, with that, we are heading to the break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to arrive so I'd like to know, is there anything anyone else needs to do before we get underway? I don't think so. The Nashes are settled. They're good. Yep. As good as they're going to be. So. Just figuring <clears throat> out what spells they got. Yep. That's <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm good. Anybody else have anything? Nope, then that's it. Let's head to the break then. All right. Sounds like if you had something, you would have shouted it out by now. So we're going to head to the break, and uh, when we come back, war! War, everybody. What is it good for? Absolutely something. Say it again. Okay, we'll see you guys soon. All right, uh, we're back, and our travels continue. Bo, take it away. We return to a view of Earth, and then we sort of scroll up through the stars and see Earth, and then we see 15 ships and an airship. Um float in through space slowly as it approaches the surface of the earth on everyone's headset you hear Admiral Chrysorius speak out we're within range of earth we will now proceed to drop uh, the front uh, assault team approximately an hour away Vorel we have better we have better vision on the cloud it would seem there is a horde of goblins en route to the solar mines. Shall we drop you in their general area? Allow me to approach at the very least for a time. The ne- we will deposit the vehicles and the ground forces, the human liberators, and the tiefling volunteers, as well as yourselves. Will you take the Fate 6 down, or do you wish to transfer to one of our Elantandari dropships? Um, you can take the Fate 6 down, right? Yeah, that was the plan. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. Okay, okay perfect. So, um, Earth, the Earth, the brown planet of Earth, grows larger and larger as the ships descend into the atmosphere. Quiet and slowly, without much noise. 
all of the ships one by one descend below through the sky and then as it, the fate six you sort of see finally you return to earth I got blueberry stuck on my lip <laughs> <laughs> like a blue tongue mm. <laughs> yeah there it is yeah. there it is um, as, as the ships descend uh, towards the sand very ships set down doosh, doosh, doosh. And in the distance on the Fate 6, you can even see the cl- a, a dust cloud sort of forming along the horizon. Uh, the aforementioned potential goblin horde. The ships descend and vehicles begin pulling out. Big, uh, big tires on them, gated like pieces of gate uh, covering the top meant for ramming. Makeshift weapons, uh, guns on the Liberator vehicles. Uh, attached to the tops and they sort of roll off quickly humans disembark uh, as well um, for, as for you guys you guys can begin disembarking immediately any instructions for Uncle Sever uh, Stanley um, when are we when are we dropping off the Nashes because they're on the Faith 6 right yeah Isn't that is that the only her? is that the only people we have to drop off um, we you, get into position. Looking out um, amongst the 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 other ships, you do see Diantalus and Monsoon fully covered in his vampire knight armor, sort of this like sleek metal covering with these gothic-looking shoulder pads and and like blades uh, on the gauntlets. Um, he's wearing this full set of of very uh, mobile-looking armor. Looks like a light metal, but still looking very ornate. Um, he d- disembarks as well as Diantalus. It seems like the ground forces are going to have to approach on foot, right? They can't land the ships nearby or risk being seen and giving up the, the surprise element. Okay, so we'll uh, we'll have the Nashes get out as well. Mm-hmm. And the lizard folk also disembark as well as the tieflings from various ships. As the Nashes get out. Um, so, so Monsoon and Diantalus, they each seem to have been given elven speeders. So as they disembark, uh, these floating, you know, bricks of wood with like glowing under carriages are brought out and they're floated out to them. And one of the Nashes looks over and he's like, uh, are we getting those? And uh, one of the elves, you know, just an Elhander elf, I'm, I'm sorry, but we don't have 99 of these. Um, you, you may have to take a, a regular vehicle. And tr- one of the trucks from the Liberator... Um, group of units is sort of driven over and they're going to have to pack 99 Nashes somehow onto into this truck. Uh, we might need a second one. So a second vehicle is offered. They've got two trucks of Nashes. And all 100 can, or all 99 can fit in there? It's a tight squeeze. It's like a flatbed. They've all got to like pack in really tightly uh, to them. Like it's just full. <laughs> pickup trucks is full of Nashes. Some of them are holding onto the top. There's a few that can't fit in that are hanging around. Like, oh, we might need a third one. <laughs> the smell. And, you know, the Bertrand Mulg is, like, looking incredulous here, the jeweler, as he's like, how many of these damn things are you going to need? We need these vehicles for the front gate. Aren't you able to transform into something that could carry some of you? <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. Who wants to do it? White White Nash uh, scratches his chin and he says, "Let's get let's ride the hamster." 
And so Hamster Dash uh, then immediately tra- you mean, you mean, you mean like this? And he transforms into a, a hamster. And he's like, ah, get on me, boys! He says, and the, the Nash is... Irish uh, now for some reason. <laughs> and and the Nash is... The Nashes all begin clambering onto this giant hamster, and now there's a giant hamster uh, present. I don't think we'll need the uh, uh, the trucks anymore there, boys. All right, let's go! And then um, the giant hamster begins taking off immediately without consulting everyone with all 98 remaining Nashes upon it. That's amazing. Like those big trucks you see in South America sometimes where they just put way too many people... And you're sure it's going to tip over? I just pictured just a ton of gnashes. Just oh, they're not in the truck the anymore. They're all climbed on the hamster. So they're all hanging Oh, they got, the all, they got off there. Oh, I thought yeah. I was just going to let some of them. No. Okay. All right. Yeah. Their problem solved. They've all taken off now. Monsoon uh, floats up on the uh, uh, on his uh, elven speeder to the party. And he says, we'll see you in the middle. Try not to die. You do the same. Good luck to you. And then Dientalus also gets on his speed and he says, I won't be dying today. And he just speeds off. Monsoon takes off. And the, uh, the lizard, your lizard folk approach you and says, How shall we approach? We will run. And they all look at each other. Someone's suggestion of running. Seems like a good idea to them. Isn't it about an hour out by car? It, it, yeah, yes, but uh, they don't seem to be thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, unless someone stops me from agreeing with that, Varel would be like, yes, running. Excellent idea. Varel, okay. I, I think they need a vehicle. They wouldn't get there in time with the rest of us. Oh. Their destination lies along the path to the front gate. It is possible that they could hitch a ride where possible and just dropped off along the way. It wouldn't be too out of the way for the Liberator Squadron to drop them off. They could hoof it the last little leg. Very well. To the Liberator Squadron, then. And you shall, as they say, hoof it. Very good. So the, the lizard folk join you in approaching the, um, the squadron of 50 various uh, Mad Max-like vehicles uh, assembled now in a, in a column. And um, the Liberator humans, they're all various people left over from slave town and areas. You know, they were, Tedna was part of this group. They are led by an ex-Koromokishi orc, but for the most part, they are humans, although there's some varying races of desert folk, uh, maybe an elf or two, uh, a dwarf or two. And, and some halflings, but mostly human. And they sort of look and they don't seem uh, all that stoked about having lizard folk in their vehicles as the lizard folk, without politely asking, just start entering into the vehicles. Some of them just climb on top of the vehicles and just hold on and ride them like as if they were raptors. Um, as, the, as, they, as they all start getting in, uh, your tiefling volunteers hope also um, look for your cue. Uh, they sort of, they stand there and wait for instruction. Stay with the Liberators. Do what they do. <clears throat> Very good. Um, so they all sort of also clamber into the vehicles and, and so your forces are part human and uh, Liberators, part Tia Killeen uh, Tieflings. Um, 
Nobieri is with you as well. He hops into one of the vehicles, uh, and um, then a car pulls up, a fast-looking, you know, just junker, but looks like it's got big tires, uh, nice, like, sort of shocks on it so that it can bounce over dunes and things like that. Has a uh, top-mounted Gatling gun on the top, and it's pulled up in front of the Heroes of the Wastes, and uh, the nameless orc is driving it. He pulls up, then he gets out, and as he gets out, the thing sort of floats up because he's quite heavy. And he says, This one here is especially picked for you. I understand that uh, your tiefling is an experienced pilot. You'll find she handles well. But be careful redlining her. These parts are old. They're subject to spontaneous combustion. Every now and then. Any back emotions for you to get in? Cool. Hope we'll get in. All right, you get in, and the seat. <clears throat> the, the, this thing has been. It looks aged. The steering wheel has a circle of skulls all around it, and the gear shift all have like uh, these sort of, um, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're skulls, but they're like preserved skulls with like metal, so they're made with metal, but you see pieces of bone in them. Um, the dashboard is completely useless. None of the speedometers or dials works on it, and so it's just been painted over and decorated with with various part, uh, parts of animals and things of that nature. It's very ornate. You get the sense that this perhaps is the nameless orc's vehicle himself that he's given to you to use wow. um, in terms of its detailing. And he gets out and he gets into a different vehicle, and... Um, and then he, he he looks at everyone and he looks at you and he says, "Upon your mark, we depart." I hope we'll kind of feel out the steering wheel and the pedals and everything, and she'll wait for everyone to get in, or if we're waiting for the goblins, what have yeah. you. Stanley gets in the passenger seat and kind of gives a Varel look and. You want to take a position where you can push the buttons and kind of motions towards the Gatling gun on the top. With pleasure. (laughs) I'll leap on up there. Perfect. All right. So you leap on up top on the Gatling gun. Nash, uh, do you get into the vehicle as well? Yeah, I'd say, hey, Stanley, where do you want me in this vehicle? Any way you feel you can be useful, Nash. Uh, you can find magic out the window, yeah? Yeah, is there, um, there's no, so, Bo, is there any, like, there's no, like, tr- back to this thing where somebody could be positioned, right? Like, there's no... Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a trunk on the car, but there's no, like, back position. There's a position where, sta- uh, na- like, Pharrell's standing up in the car with the buttons. Right. And you can sit down back there where he's standing. Uh, the only other option you have that you haven't thought of that is that you can float. So if someone tied a rope to you, you could be <laughs> you could be drawn like a kite and cast spells that way. That, that's right. a terrifying option that you can do as no, well. No, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm doing that. That's a that great idea. That's pretty Mad Max, like a psycho kite. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. Witness me. I'm doing this. All right. All right. Can you role play it like, guys, I have an idea? Get, yeah, I'll be, be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I have an idea. Someone has rope, right? So who has rope? I think I think it's uh, Oak. The, the nameless work looks. And he's like in, in the trunk. There's some rope. Ah, uh, perfect. 
and I'll, Jane, actually. I'll bloonk, open the trunk, go in there, grab the rope, come around and go, okay. Jane. Who? Jane? Jane? It's, it's a chain. chain. It's a chain. Oh, it's a chain. I think he said yeah. the orc's name is Jane. And I thought, what the heck? Where have we gone with the story? All right. No, no, no. no. So I'll say, uh, well, look at this. And I'll wrap it around my waist and tie it real good and then hook it to the back of the hitch and just say, I'm going to float up here and I'll do that. I'll float up. And okay. y'all, y'all are going to pull me. So. Uh, don't worry about speed and stuff. You're fine because it'll just pull me wherever I'm at. I'll, I'll stay up high. I won't fall. And uh, I can cast spells from back there and, uh, you know, cause some real some real ha- uh, havoc if needed from up here. So I'll, I'll just be here and I'll just be floating there. All right. All right. So you float up. You tie the chain. Um, there's actually like a little like these little um, pieces in there. Uh, Nameless Orc sort of points out like that you can sort of screw them and then it holds the chain together so you can wrap it around the car and then wrap it around yourself and clinch them together and then and now so now picture your vehicle varel standing with a gun at the top hope and stanley are in the front seat looking badass and nash is floating chained to the back of the car yeah um yeah all right and uh, you hear the sound of engines start to turn on as all the cars begin lighting up um hope we're waiting for you to ignite your engine nice she will start the engine all right you want to give us an engine roar Nice. Yeah. So as the lineup of cars we go, she'll give a few revs and wait for everyone to answer back with some revs. Yep. You rev out, and then everyone else starts revving, and there's lots of. All you need to know is where you're going. All right. Uh, it's not straight ahead. <laughs> yeah. So there's the solar. There's you were dropped off near the go- uh, what is potentially the goblin horde, and or you could just head straight to the solar mines. As those are your two options. Oh, uh, Varel, did you want to see the goblins? She'll yell up. Pull us alongside them. We'll check if Bachbox their leader. All right, and then Hope will start going in the direction of the goblins. All right, so you hit the gas and you go, sand flies up into Nash's face. <laughs> 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 you're not even like, shit, <laughs> I didn't think of the sand. I'm like, ah, um, take it easy down there. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then, but then as soon as she takes off after the sand's like, brrr, you go, Pew! and all the vehicles begin taking off, and a large column of vehicles are now gunning through the desert, sand everywhere. Nash, you're gonna have to cover your face because it's just, it's even though you're at the front, there's still a lot of sand dust getting kicked up, but it's better. And uh, <laughs> and you're flying across the desert. Uh, within 20 minutes, you're gonna uh, you you you're gonna reach this cloud of vehicles, and as you get closer, you see large school buses and rusty old pickup trucks, like the worst vehicles possible. Some of them, some of the wheels are even just spinning. The axles are so bad in them, they're flying around in danger of just crashing any second. But what's most striking about these vehicles is that they're packed to the brim with goblins hanging off of every single windshield, like uh, rear view mirrors and the top and, and like the back of pickup trucks have like a, just a mountain of, of goblins sitting on other goblins. The school buses are packed and you hear like of like some crazy ass rap tape being played that's old as hell. There's a whole bunch of swearing and cussing going on and the goblins are going, yeah, yeah. 
it's almost deafening as you get close. And, and the goblins like are hitting hubcaps and, and wrenches together and just like and just and as you pull in, you see in the lead vehicle, there's this giant ornate looking um, uh, it's like it's like this Porsche, right? But the, all the doors are ripped off and on top of it is a is a giant throne sort of drilled into the top and on top of the drone the throne standing is a goblin with a giant gaudy ass crown and a big silver scepter or gold scepter and a and a and a, and a, and a loincloth um uh, as a cape tied to him and then all these like sort of chains and necklaces in a sash like just these golden sashes and 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 you hear ah 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 to the beat ah as you get as you pull up so uh, hope <laughs> taking your cue and seeing uh, that you believe that this is might be bok bok you pull up alongside the car and all the goblins start agitating with even more excitement as these vehicles join them in their drive and and the goblin turns around is like He's yelling at his people. Uh, you are now within yelling distance, Pharrell. And in Goblin, I will say, Be that Bok Bok King of the Goblins. Bok Bok King! Pharrell friend! He yells out, We on Boogie! The great Boogie for friendship. With me. Yes, we go boogie! We go make hurt! You make hurt with us! Oh, I'll make hurt, and I move around my big gun. Great, we go to big place to make hurt! Like you say, Varel King! Varel came from brown boogie, came to other brown boogie, Varel home! Tell Goblin we on Boogie! And our Boogie, but bad, bad mans. Try to make Boogie hurt! So we go and fight bad mans and make a Boogie ours. And we kill and then we bang! Yeah! He yells out. Boogie hurt well, my friend. Boogie hurt well. Boogie hurt in the red. When it goes around, he's like doing this hip hop wave to like the goblins in the back, and like all the goblins are just there's a ton of yelling now as he agitates and works them all up in a blood curdlingly cringy rap way <laughs> as they're all uh, hip hopping down the desert road. All right, and uh, so this carries on as you join in. Now, this is also for those with the headsets blasting into everyone's headsets, and Admiral Chrysoris comes in, and he's like, uh, is there any way we can reduce the noise of what's going on down there? It's, it's, it's awfully distracting for those of us not in that vicinity. I don't think so. I think they need this. Uh, well, I couldn't hear you. I don't think so. I think they need this. Uh, Right. Okay. As soon as you can, get away from whatever is causing that noise, please. We need it. We need these headsets for for, for tactics. 
And um, and with that, uh, on the horizon, you see a row of mountains in the center start to appear. Uh, within 30 minutes, you will be upon them. Uh, any thoughts to cons- and considerations to tactics, or are you just driving straight at the door? It's okay to drive just straight at the door, but I'm just asking. It's just an opportunity, if anyone has ideas. When do we get back on the ship? Uh... We're gonna get on once the once we get confirmation the cannons have fallen, right? Yeah. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna appear, attempt to draw forces to the gate, and if we succeed, awesome. But otherwise, we're hoping to drain the main pit of forces. So I'd say, let's pull up and and do some with the lard of the black land come forth. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. And then we can get back in. And Varel and Nash, you just throw things at the gate. I'll drive around. <laughs> I like this idea of just throwing stuff at the gate. Let's do it. All right. Everyone then gets uh, hardened and go as they, as, they, as they grit their teeth and bear down upon the front uh, entrance of the solar mines. And as you get closer and closer, you can make out a large steel wall make, made out of makeshift pieces welded together over many years. Almost looking like a great pyramid work, but of steel uh, metal sheeting and pipes and things of that nature blocking off this entrance into the valley surrounding the mountains. And then as you reach within about 10 minutes of it, uh, you can tell that you're a scene because you can hear as a large alarm blares out and coming into view for the first time ever, you are seeing what Nash has reported on for all these months and years to you. The slow Peters, the two standing large red fiery beings standing motionless nearly like statues you hear the voice echo out in front of you uh, as, as this echoes out and from there you're sort of looking and there's this quiet not quiet moment because this hip-hop noise is happening and there's these large loud low trumpet sounds blaring out large beams of fire scratch across the sand lifting it up and are headed straight for you Hope Uh, you're going to need to make a piloting skill check to avoid the oncoming laser beam damn or fire fire beam 12 alright you go to dodge out of the way and this one you see it telegraphed coming very easily you swerve and move out of the way but behind you a row of cars the the sand just erupts right next to your car as this fire beam hits out and hits several vehicles behind you launching goblins up into the air including the hip hop station that was playing so that it goes and it breaks and a, and a giant bus full of goblins just explodes into the air a second beam comes flying down this time at a column to the right and hits several goblin forces uh, you know, blowing them up and the, the voice comes onto the intercom it's the nameless orc, he says now is not the time for fear we charge them down together and his vehicle starts to pull ahead of yours Hope's not gonna let that happen she's right. gonna stay neck and neck and try and keep a little bit ahead Piloting contest with the nameless orc 
26. Oh, you pull ahead. As he pulls out of the column, you pull ahead even farther. <laughs> Giant sand flying up. Nash, you are literally in like a, a C shape. You're like, ah! <laughs> you are literally in a C shape up top as you pull ahead in towards the vehicles. And uh, we're just going to have a small visual here. I don't know how useful it's really going to be. Uh, in roll 20 here, but as you start, as the column begins approaching the slow Peters, you pull... Oh, I didn't, didn't move you guys. Uh, let's move you guys. Oh, no, I did. Wait, yeah. I'm sorry. Who is, who is uh, Al Swearingen playing in this scenario? Is he the orc? What is his deal over here? That's the jeweler. So, oh. Remember, he's... <laughs> I just went ahead and got a picture of Al Swearingen at this point. He's basically Al I love it. Okay. Uh, so you have the jeweler in one vehicle, the nameless orc. You pulled ahead of him in the other one. It's not like, you know... An, we're going to use this somewhat for accuracy, but you're going to be driving all over the place, so it's just a battle map to depict things. But as you approach the Slow Peters, uh, these are giant molten earth-looking creatures with pieces of metal. They look like they're constructed of metal. They're sentries, but you can see covering over top of them that, that fire and flame are, are hearing out. And they start yelling, Intruders! And, yeah, uh, we're going to enter into combat, so let's get your uh, initiative rolls, please. A four! <laughs> 17. 17 for Stanley. 20. 20 for Hope. 19. All right, 19 for Varel. Right, the slope eaters will go after you, Dash. Because they're slow. Great. All right, um... Perfect. So, uh, Hope, you're up first as you're driving uh, right between the two. Behind them, not depicted on the map, is the wall. So you're going to have to circle around them at some point. And you can't, unless you want to smash the car into the wall. No, no, she's not going to smash. Uh, so I'm assuming the gates are closed, correct? So yeah, there's really yeah. no way through. Uh, yeah. So in that case, she'll get on the intercom and she'll go, all right, I want this thing to split into two. Some go right, some go left. I'll go left. Uh, name this one, go right. And we'll just circle around while people with range hit the slow pitas. Okay, perfect. So you deliver those instructions. We'll, we'll call that a free action because it can be said really quickly. Now, do you want do you want to try and do anything to attack these things or just pilot the vehicle? She's piloting, so that's what she's going to be focused on. Okay, um, great. And then she's going to try and make sure she's not going so fast that Nash and Varel can't have some good hits at the slow Peters. Right. Okay, so foregoing anything in your turn to focus on driving, I will give you advantage on piloting related checks till the end of the next turn. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Um, Pharrell, uh, you're, you're, you're upon, as you're getting into range of the slow Peters, uh, you are upon the Gatling, the button gun. Um, it's your turn. Excellent. I will enter a joyous rage of battle mm -hmm. as such that, because the way I'm reading this, my aura has to be on in order for you all to have protection. So I'm going to make sure I'm raging for this. So everyone in the car, which would be Stanley, Hope, and Hope already has it, but Stanley mainly, has the fire resistance, which seems like a good idea right now. Oh, I'm, I apologize, Bo. Can I do retcon one minute before combat starts? Okay, sure. <laughs> Just as we're driving, 
Stanley reaches up to the often ignored and frequently overlooked mask upon his face and begins touching the little gems around it for a minute uh, and casts Foresight upon himself oh, using shit. its power. Oh shit, this is a big spell. It is a big spell. Uh, let me need to know. And I believe it does. Let me see what it does to my. Because I believe it lowers my max HP. Uh, so, you, yeah, you're using the feature uh, on your um, Mask of Elton 4. Uh, cost of 10 maximum HP. So, lower that. Which means okay. I only have two bonus HP at the moment. Uh, and sorry, which which it's casting foresight, right? Which which ability on the item? Psychological disaster recovery. Uh, it is peer into pluriality, which allows me to cast uh, foresight at the cost of my health. Right. The wearer may attempt to peer in the realm of adjacencies. The vision into the realm of pure physical and metamagical possibility are too confusing for words to describe. All possibility enters the wearer's vision, and viewing physical time and manifestation causes mortal brains a serious amount of distress. Cast foresight. All right, so let's figure out foresight, and you lose 10 HP. So foresight, which we haven't used the spell before. So for the next eight hours, yeah, uh, I have advantage on any attack rolls, any ability checks, any saving throws, and any other creatures will have disadvantage on attack rolls for the target for the next eight hours. Oh, oh wow! Jeez. So you have per- I have permanent disadvantage against you, and you have permanent advantage on everything. Yes. For the next eight hours, you said? Yes. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's a ninth-level spell, but he loses ten hit maximum hit points. And uh, those can't be recovered, I don't think, right? Or can they? Well, I don't... I don't think there's a way to recover them, but it's removing 10 from a max that was already increased by 12. So, okay, this is the just just so everyone knows how how bad this can be. The tune wearer may remove the mask and spend one day fully recovering 10 maximum hit points um, without having to reattune or res- what? Oh, it's one day per 10 maximum hit points you lose. So basically, every 10 hit points means one day without the mask, and then it takes four days to reattune to the mask. So you yeah. have a pathway to recovery, but it's like you can't use it. Yeah. So you could, yeah. This is this comes at a cost. All right, you, you, you get a little sickly. You feel a little sickly inside, and you cast the foresight. Uh, you know, there's no effect apart from in your mind. You, you begin to see cars move into different directions. You begin to see visions of your friends just getting stomped. The big fist comes down and crushes the vehicle containing you and your companions. Uh, you see lasers rip up everything and leave nothing but smoldering husks. And you see Elhandari ships just get blown out of the sky by anti-air uh, cannons. Okay, um, so you did that. We, we were retconning that you prepared that in advance of the battle, knowing yes, that because it takes up. a minute to it takes a minute yeah. to cast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So everyone for a minute there, Stanley was muttering things to himself, <laughs> 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 doing magic shit. All right, so it is now your turn, or no, it's now Varel's turn. Sorry. Cool. So I entered my rage. Aura is out on Stanley in particular, so he has fire resistance, and I will open fire on. I believe it was the right slow Peter that hope was veering towards yeah she was moving to the right okay 
So um, make your attack rolls, please. All right. How many? What kind? How many? What kind? Oh, for... I'm using a minigun, which I don't know right. what the stats for. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, uh, it would be your range plus proficiency. So dex. Uh, your dex is plus two. And then, well, you're not proficient with a Gatling gun, are you? So it would just be plus two. Cool. Let me see if... Uh... Like weapons, martial weapons, simple weapons. Uh, I don't know if automatic the count as martial weapon. I don't think so. I think martial weapons are still melee weapons. All right, cool. Then I will just make a dex attack with no advantage or anything like that. Yeah. A nine for the first attack. All right. A nine. Let me have a look at the stat sheet here. See if you hit. Um, nine. Ace. Yeah. So you fire off the Gatling gun towards him. And as you're getting used to it, you're like, the bullets seem to spray as you start moving the gun in its location. Now you have extra attacks, so I'm assuming you can. Yep. Go I get one more go. Ah, this one's an eight. Yeah. No. no. You just, you're still trying to figure out how to aim it, and it's just not working. <laughs> you fire bullets into the air. Cool. That'll end my turn. All right. Uh, so, Stanley, you hear the, the Gatling gun starting to fire off. Um, Nash, by the way, as he fires the Gatling gun, shells start flying back. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, God damn it. I'm really excited. <laughs> um, as shells uh, make their way back to you. Uh, yeah, Stanley, you're up. Uh, Stanley's going to lean out the passenger side window and... Yep. Uh, take a uh, see what slow Peter rails trying to hit and fire uh, Eldritch blasts at it so gonna fire all three blasts at the slow Peter on the right okay that's a I guess I'll roll just to see okay so the first one's a 31 to hit okay you got it second one's a 22 to hit yeah you got it third one's at 18 to hit Yep, you got it. Uh, all right, so that is 23 points of force damage to the slow Peter on the right. Okay, so 23 to the right. Okay, perfect. Force damage is good. Yep, we're good with that one. You, you, so you, from the window, like leaning back, looking all cool, you fire out your elbow, like pew, pew, lightning bolt, lightning bolt, sort of. Uh, you fire the Eldritch Blasts out at the Slow Peter, and it has a, a, a solid, deleterious effect upon it. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Ooh, should I do this as my bonus action? It would have been smart to do it before, but as you say, a card laid is a card played. Uh, you know what? I'll decide next round. We'll decide next round. Won't do me okay. good this one. Perfect. So the vehicles in behind start to approach, and they begin. Um, there's not a lot of the liberators have automatic uh, rifles and such, so you start hearing "yeah" as 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 dudes like and women uh, get out and start firing rifles <laughs> uh, at the at the slow Peters. Um, so overall, with the 50 or so vehicles uh, of liberator fire they start shooting them down and each are going to take a certain amount of damage um as they follow your instruction hope and move like left and right so uh the right one will take 46 points of damage and the left one will take uh, let's see here 
13 points of damage. So one takes 13, that takes 46 points of damage. Um, yeah, all right. So there's a lot of shooting that's going on as the cars begin circling around them and firing up. Um, the goblins themselves, however, are beelining towards the gate and they, they, they're not taking on the, the, um, the you know, the, the, the slow peters. They're, 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 they sort of drive past uh, them and begin moving past uh, the slow peters. Uh, Nash, you're up. Okay, uh, which which uh, one has the most hit points at the moment? Uh, it's hard to tell that information. There's just chaos and gunfire everywhere. All right. Um, from what everyone's attacking the right one in your party, though. You saw right. the Eldritch Blast and the Gatling gun firing towards the one on the right. All right. Um, I'm going to spread spread the damage around a little bit and aim for the left. <clears throat> the left, Peter. Okay. And I'm going to attack it with Ice Storm. It needs to make a Dex 17 saving throw. Dex 17 or better. Okay. Or uh, well, you know, this might be good for you. It's not necessarily a dexterous dude. Yep, it fails. All right. Um, I will then calculate my what demo. What spell is this? So this is a hail of rock-hard ice pounding the ground in a 20-foot radius. 40-foot high cylinder. Uh, oh, this, oh, this is an geez. AOE spell. Yeah, big AOE spell. Can't fit both of them in because they're so spread out, but... I don't know. I got a, I got other slots for this, so we'll use it again. Anyway, and also this will be good for seeing what ice does. Uh, creature takes two d eight bludgeoning and four d six cold damage on a failed save. Um, hailstones turn the storms over I'm just saying. It. Oh, at higher levels. Hold on. Bludgeoning damage increases one d eight for every slot above fourth. Okay. So, um. Let me calculate. Let me do. Let me let sorry, me get sorry, the math going here. Sorry, the name of the spell again is sorry. It is sorry. It is ice storm. At level Cast four is when I'm storm. casting it. Yep. Um, two d eight bludgeoning. Hold on a sec here. Um, Why am I not seeing it on your character sheet? You should just down on your fourth level. It's bottom one, uh, right after great greater invisibility. We've got banishment, chromatic orb, fireball. Greater invisibility, ice storm. Oh, there it is. Okay, I had to refresh. All right, yeah, great, um, perfect. And then, hold on, let's see. What did I say? Forty-six cold. Oh, I can just do this. All right, hold on. Yeah, two d eight plus forty-six cold. Oh my god. Let me clear that. Okay, here we go. All right, your two d eight is eleven points of bludgeoning. Okay. And then your forty-six was it? Yep, forty-six on cold. Two, three, four. Uh, 13 points of damage. Cold right. damage. And that damage is doubled as you've discovered one of its vulnerabilities is ice as it simmers down the fire of the thing. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to do some quick math here to figure out where we're at on the damage. Uh, so give me a second. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So it severely diminishes it. it, it the, the flames like. Or the the ice this large ice storm appears above it and just goes whoosh, and pellets it with ice like nonstop as it brings up a hand and try it goes and and it gets railed with ice and its flames diminish the moltenness it just sort of diminishes down to metal and this metal and rock golem looking being um, as it's railed it only lasts a turn right it's sort of an instantaneous it is uh, instantaneous I th- let me verify yeah. That. Only, this yeah, is the first duration is it. instantaneous. So yeah, there it is. Cast, and there yep. you go. 
Um, so rock hard ice pel- uh, pummels it. The bludgeoning damage though is halved. Um, and uh, so, but overall, it, it, it drops to a knee, and the ground sort of shakes as its heavy frame hits the ground, uh, knee first. Um, yeah, it's not quite defeated yet, though. Okay, um, no movement since I'm tied to a thing, so that is my turn. Okay, so uh, with that, with the cars getting closer, we're now to the slow pleaders. The one on the left immediately sees, it, it, it can kind of tell its partner is being reduced and it takes further tactical action to defend itself and do its job. And it begins glowing bright red hot. And you see, ooh, it, 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 a large flash of white light showers everything. Um, we need everyone to make a uh, dexterity saving throw versus this blinding light. It's a con- sorry, constitution saving throw uh, oh. versus this blinding light. Oh, constitution. Thank goodness. I, let me re-roll that. All right, my bad. 24. 26. Oh, okay. 13. Wow. 16. 16. All right, uh, Stanley, you are now blinded. Oh, no. Uh, so you can't see anything as the light flashes out. Everyone else is safe from it. Uh, unfortunately, not everyone else was so lucky in with the vehicles coming forth. Uh, ten vehicles, uh, some of them just drive straight into the slow Peters and just crash. As the, the driver gets blinded and just goes, and you lose some uh, liberator vehicles. And we are now down to... Uh, 49 Liberator vehicles and six more, not six, nine more Goblin vehicles. Also, like they crash as like Goblins get blinded, they crash into each other. Another vehicle smashes into the crash cars, and these these giant pileups begin happening as nine vehicles just hit things and explode, and you lose uh, 10 vehicles worth uh, in your army. Um, the second slow Peter, the one that's kneeled down, flails out in rage and brings its fist up. And since you're just driving nearby, Hope, it brings its fist down. Ooh, and its fist is like bigger than your car. So it's attempting to meet you and slam you. Um, let's see what the roll is. It is a 10, which um, you now have to beat with your piloting. Uh, Skill check, please. And remember, you have advantage because you're focusing on your driving. 16. 16. So you see the fist coming down as it slowly... And um, you... Uh, I mean, do you want to describe the, the maneuver you make or do you want me to do it for you? I like to imagine it looks like the wind-up looks horrifying, but it is a slow Peter. So she's just continuing to drive in a straight line because the hand's coming down so slow. She knows she's going to make oh, it. Oh, you just drive in the, the straight line? <laughs> yeah. You just she's done it? Worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, well, you may not be worried, but Nash, you're a little worried. As, as, she, she, as she drives through and she looks like she's going to be missed, you're like, holy shit. And as the fist comes down, your head lightly scrapes the top of the slow Peter's fist. And, and you're, you're like, ah! <laughs> As you, whoo, but she pulls you through and then hits the ground. 
but unfortunately there was goblin cars behind you and three of them pile up into the fist <laughs> and as you drive through a large explosion comes out and Nash all this fire and pieces of car just railing past your head as you're like <laughs> not hurting me and, though right no hurt no no hurt. you're not hurt but there's literally death everywhere but where you are you're so close to dying so much um wow. and your 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 horde you lose three more vehicles uh in the goblin horde okay that brings us back around to hope it is now your turn all right hope's gonna circle the vehicle back around and basically just drive in a circle in front of this slow peter um all the while she's going to be describing on the headset to everyone who can hear what she is seeing tactically from these things so that they know what to expect perfect all right that's a great little turn there all right so now we have pileups all right and that brings us to varel varel uh hope is circling to the left um uh, around the slow peter uh, and you are pr- pretty much within, you know, about 30 feet of it. And this thing is tall. It's about the size, it's about it's the size of a pretty tall building, 40 or 50 feet tall. Like you have to look way up to see all of it. Uh, you've got maybe it's, it's kneeling though. This one's kneeling and looking very damaged. Okay. I'll give it another shot, but this weapon is becoming useless. Let's see if it's an honorable weapon with a 15. All right. With a 15, um, that is a hit. You, as you finally damage? make it around, uh, your damage is going to be roll 3d6, please. Excellent. All right. And you can add your modifier, which would be plus two. Oh, no, you're not. Yeah, no proficiency. It's just plus two. Your dex modifier. Seven, 13, 15 points of damage. 15 points of damage against the slow Peter. That puts us at one... 125 points of damage thus far. You begin railing, pushing the button as hard as you can as fire spits out of the other end of the cannon and large chunks of metal fly off everywhere. One whizzes past Nash's head again and um, it's looking like it's on death's door, like this thing is about to be destroyed. It just needs one more hit. Excellent. I have another attack. Yes. Uh, 14. I'm looking because uh, sorry, I have so many spreadsheets. A 14. No, as you, as you get excited about firing off at the at the creature, you aim a little bit up and fail to deliver it the last blow upon it as the bullets whiz through the air and it lands lower. Damn. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if you were, it's 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 on death's door. Uh, if you wanted to get rid of the gun and say jump on it and bite it, you might have a chance at getting the kill. <laughs> no, I'm only resistant to fire. <laughs> I'd rather not. Okay. So I will continue yeah. staying on the car. Plus, I'm keeping um, people safe in my aura, so that's kind of my goal here. Very good. Then Stanley, you're up. As you hear the gun belching bullets above you. Um. Is there enough evidence that I can attempt a blind shot at this thing? Uh, so when you're blinded, I think you just have disadvantage. Without yeah, anything. but I had advantage, so would it just be a straight roll then? Yeah, that's how that works. I'm just checking the blind. Uh, you can't see an automatically fails ability checks that require sight. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls... Ha- yep, it's disadvantage. So because you have true sight, you have advantage... 
True sight doesn't give you any other senses, right? Like true sense or that kind of thing. True no, sight? I don't. I don't no. think so. So think... yeah, you consult instead of seeing with your eyes. You consult the realms of possibilities and conduct your aim that way. You use the force essentially. Nice. Let's use the force and try and kill this thing. First blast is a twenty-six to hit. It's a hit. Uh. I guess if it's on death's door, let's see what that does. That's two points of force damage. Yep, uh, so you don't see anything. You have no idea, but you hear <laughs> a large rumbling of rock. And the rest of the party sees an Eldritch Blast zap it right in its buttocks because you're driving around it. And the big a big explosion of metal occurs. Nash, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw, please. Oh, Lord. You sure you don't want another? I guess that's a good point. Stanley not being able to see it, all three blasts would be going into it. Even if it's falling over, they would be blasted into a Oh, you're blind? You're like, ah! You're you're more (laughs) dignified than that, but it's Hail Mary time, so you're just firing everything. They all hit, and it would be an additional one and three points of force damage going into the body of this thing as it goes down. Yeah, but hang on. Hang on. Let's see what Scott's... Oh, I was really hoping you were going to say, hang on, let's redesign this. Let's see what Scott's roll is, please. All right. Dexterity, (laughs) right? Dexterity saving throw, please, sir. Come on, RNG. RNG. What'd I get? Seven. Okay, so you're about to be hit with a piece of metal that's flown off, as you can see. And you're like going, going a million miles an hour, and you see it flowing past you, but... Stanley, within your foresight, you see a possibility where you destroy this thing and a piece of metal flies off and decapitates Nash Magar to the solar moon. Oh, no. Shit. And, and you have a sense of where that is, and you guide your hand in that direction, and... Yeah, fire, fire off what would be a 17 to hit on the second roll. All right, roll the damage dice. It was a two. Or no, it was a, it was a one. It was only one. You only did one point of damage? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, so you guide your hand, you fire off an Eldritch Blast. It nudges it ever so slightly, but having a butterfly effect of making it go just a little bit of a weird angle, and it just flies right past Dash. It doesn't hit him. <laughs> and I don't know when Nash is going to start shitting himself, but when he does, there'll be little poop droppings. <laughs> His own exhaust pipe will be releasing oil uh, at some point in the future. Um, but starting anyways, to question my brilliant idea of being chained to the back of a car. But uh, oh, this is whatever. awesome, dude. This is how this is the way it's meant to be. Mm. It's destiny. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so anyways, it goes flying past you, and the slow Peter bubbles and melts into a pool of lava under the sand. And Stanley would just be like, "Is it dead?" That'd be my turn. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows you're blind or not. Does anyone respond to this, Stanley? Boba Fett? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. ignoring him. Yeah, I'm prob- let him know. Nash has problems of his own. Yeah, I don't even know. I would not have any idea he's blind right now. I'd be so yeah. focused on All not right. dying. Then it's the vehicle's turn. Uh, the vehicles move around on the left-hand one, and they begin making shots at the left-hand slow Peter. And does... Mm. 
26 points of damage to the one on the left as the Liberators roam around it and they're shooting off their guns at the slow Peter and pieces of metal and lava. Bink, 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 chunk off. The goblins continued their approach towards the um, wall. Nash, it is your turn. Okay. Uh, being pretty excited about the damage I did before, I'm going to attempt this again. Same target, same spell, level four. All right, so you got to hit. You got to hit the other one because the one on the right was just killed by Stanley. Oh, I thought that was. Oh, never. I'm, I'm confused about which one's on the right or left. Never mind. The one that remains is the one I'm targeting. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Um. All right, hold on. <clears throat> let me cast it at. Oh, you got to make a deck seventeen save, or okay. better. Uh, you if he fails, so you get the full damage. All right, here we go. So bludgeon is going to be six. Have that, I guess, to three. Yep. And forty-six. Uh, ice damage seventeen. Double that to what is that? Thirty. Thirty-four. Four. Yep, so total 37 points of damage comes barking in. Let me just get some calculations so I can give you a total this far for these guys. All right, so total of 79 points of damage have been done so far to it as a giant ice storm now pelts the second slow Peter. All these hails hit him, and it douses some of the flames and exposes metal and stone as his large, disgusting face belches fire. Ah, and it extinguishes his brightness and he's not able to blind um, the enemy anything else you'd like to do for your turn uh, mm, how high am I floating I'm not yeah, the full 10 how high do you want like maybe you know you're 10-15 feet up off the ground I'm going to use a little movement and, and just pull in about half that just a little closer to the car I'll draft on it a bit better. I won't get hit with freaking shrapnel as much. That kind of thing. Okay, you're not going to fly out as far. That's okay. I'll keep using this as my movement. So I'm just going to pull in a little bit. Okay. At the end pull of this in a turn. little bit to get a little safer. Yeah. And I'll right. pull out again to get in, get in trouble. Or to when fight. It's when it's time to cast a spell, you pull in and then you release, cast a spell, then you can pull in. Then you can pull That's out. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So... Great. The slow Peter um, on, on, on there, um, he, he's like, you know, being pelted with, with ice storm uh, hail and shards of ice, like projectiles, like like stalactites. And he himself gets the, the reaction rage and his eyes light up. These large holes of lava, there's no eyes in there. They begin bubbling over. And these large bubbles start poking out of his eyes and then he looks at the cars below uh, he looks at who's like he has a sense of where this is and then he's large lava beams fire out of his eyes lighting up the cars in front and ending in your vehicle hope you're gonna have to make a roll to beat his actually it's gonna have to be a piloting saving throw this time a dexterity saving throw because this is an auto hit um and it, and it's uh, it looks it. This is a large beam of lava being fired out of his eyes. It, it, this thing, if it hits, it's gonna hurt. Uh, so go ahead and and 
And it's a dexterity saving throw, not a, a piloting. Saving throw. Yep, that's right. Because you got to react uh, immediately to the spell, uh, the, the the ability being cast. Fourteen. Okay, so as the as the beam goes through various cars, it kills fourteen Liberator vehicles, reducing your army from fifty, uh, well, from forty nine, to. Um, Sorry, sorry, 49. How much did I say it was? 11, right? Yeah. So we're going to do that first. So there's 38 vehicles remaining. As Liberator vehicles melt, and as you see it hit the car, it heats up the car and just bursts it into, like, dust. And then it it reaches your car and begins melting. As you try to drive away... Was it a fail? It was a fail. Okay, I can re-roll this with my Indomitable Spirit. Okay, did you roll it with advantage? Because you get advantage on this. I didn't roll it with advantage. My apologies. You were yeah, because you were constant. You didn't do anything with your turn, so That's the same right. sort of thing applied. So roll a second dice first. Let's see if you. It's a one, so I'm just gonna do indomitable yeah. spirit. Here. Okay, an second. indomitable spirit uh, gives you what? It's a ten. We are not meant to uh, miss this. You one. get the second roll with advantage, or is it just one more? It I just what get to re-roll. Says. Oh, I get to re-roll a fail, but I have right. to use the new roll. In, in mm. Oh, you can re-roll a saving throw. You fail. You must use a new roll. You can do this two times per long rest. Um, is it? I mean, you could use it again. <laughs> I already used it once before with the blind. Oh. I rolled a one first, so I uh, <laughs> rolled that uh, one. <laughs> second use of it. All right, so here we go, guys. I'm about to roll some dice, and it's going to pucker up. Um, so let's see here. Uh, oh, actually, sorry. Uh, what was your roll again? 14? The very first one was a 14, it's a I think. Oh. It's a save. Oh, so it's a, yeah. It's a save for half damage. All right, rewind. Yeah, so hang on. I got I to gotta make some notes here. I got to roll a 20d10. Gonna, it's gonna take me a while. Maybe this is maybe where I should start using uh, dice rollers. <laughs> uh, two, nine, seven, sixteen, seven, eight. Okay, sixteen. 22. We're almost there, guys. All right, that's three, six, nine. 12, 15, 18, two more dice. All right. I gotta get a calculator to all the, add all the rolls. Maybe I made this too much damage. All right, uh, so you now, uh, the total that the car is taking, the vehicle itself, is, uh, let me write down, the total is 119 points of damage. Um, the car itself is taking 59 points of damage. So the um, the lava beam immediately hits your vehicle and breaks everything up. Now, uh, because you managed to maneuver out of the way to minimize the amount of damage, fire damage, everyone is taking 59 points of fire damage. And if you, you have, have any, that? If you have any additional resistance, then you can apply that here because it, it's, it's a separate instance 
you've avoided the damage with the vehicle, but the splash damage of laser lava being fired upon everyone um, is you're all you're all sustaining fire damage in various ways as, as it hits you. Morel protects us from that, right? So it's half on half. top of that, right? Yeah. Resistance. Yep. So uh, fifty-nine divided by two is twenty-nine. We drop the remainders. So, um, so you're each taking twenty-nine points of fire damage, and now uh, hope the back half of the vehicle is split in half. So you're just driving the two front tires. Stanley, you're in the vehicle with him. Uh, Varel, you are in midair. And you need to make a dexterity saving throw uh, to land without taking damage. Alright. And that is going to be... 21. Yep. You So you flip in the air wildly, you get control of the flips, and you land, you know, both legs apart, one hand on the ground, the other hand out, Genji style, just like, whoo, as you hit the ground with a big thud. <laughs> Nash, um... You are floating, but because you have thermal underwear DNA, uh, you are just floating. You're just flipping around in the air, and you don't actually fall down due to gravity. But you're kind of flying out of control in one direction. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the the back half of the car is completely melted into a puddle. Okay, that is the slow Peter's turn. Hope it is now your turn. You're now f- driving half. A, you're now flying half a ship. <laughs> All right, Hope's going to try and steer this thing to behind the body of the dead slow Peter, and she's going to turn to Stanley and go, we need the ship, we need to get out of here. Attack it from the air. And that's her turn. Okay. Stanley, oh, uh, Varel, you're up. Oh, awesome. All right, well, I will land... Yeah, you're now on the car away from the vehicle. Oh, geez, I'm a ways away from uh, the still going Peter. <laughs> yeah, the vehicle distance makes things like go, you know, farther or whatever. Where, where are you? Where, where am I? Where'd I go? There I am. <laughs> oh, there I, you guys are all grouped up. Hang on. Yeah, let me ungroup you. There we go. Okay. You're off the map. So you landed maybe about here. Okay. Behind the slow Peter. Yeah. Allow me to measure. Red. Oh, um, wait a minute. Nash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Nash, what's the range of your spell, your your ice spell you're using? Uh, great 300 feet, so it's actually pretty good. Okay. I can go real far. All right. Uh, Nash has a chain hanging from him, right? Yep. Yeah. Can I run, grab his dangling chain, and Bowser spin him towards... <laughs> yeah, yes, you can. I would like to do that. So I will, I, will spend, never, I will never say no to that suggestion. That's great. I will run after Nash's chain, grab it, and just start... <laughs> and then launch him towards the slow Peter. Okay, we need an athletics check uh, for that. So you, as he's flying off, you jump up. You react quickly, jump up, grab hold of the chain. And you use his momentum, because he's already flying, to spin him in one fluid motion. So get your athletics going. Go, Nash! With a 23. 
pretty good. Okay, 23. <laughs> Let me consult my difficulty chart here. Um, all right, that's a hard thing to do, and you are able to do it as you spin him around and fling him in the general direction. Uh, you spin, you, what's your throw distance, let's say? Let's move him way out here. All right, so now, Nash, you are now flying like this towards the second slow Peter, who's just lasered like 20 or 11 cars, including your own. Okay. You're now in midair flying full at full speed. You know, your your thermal DNA underwear can't counteract the speed very well because you've been thrown by Varel, who's a force greater than your, your underwear speed. All right. Um, um, it's not your turn yet, though. You're no, still- I know, but I had a question uh, <clears throat> okay. about... I was just reading up on feature stuff. So we've given my little hand, my autonomous hand, baby hand, some mm-hmm. stuff to do. One of them is, and I never always forget to use it, but it can cast another spell that doesn't count against my action. It's like a bonus action, basically. But I think the spells have to be yeah. cantrips or something. Do you remember? Because we oh. didn't write it in yeah, here. I, I, we, did, we didn't write it in? Well, I we didn't write I what kind of spells, or did we? Let me see what I wrote here. <clears throat> Trained baby arm. You have a baby arm that has grown out of your body. The arm has an elbow, forearm, and hand. The baby arm has a hand that may carry an item or wield a weapon like a normal arm and perform actions. On your turn in combat, you may use a bonus action to do one of the following. Cast a spell. You may cast a spell that requires only somatic components, so hand gestures. Yeah. The spell does not count towards the one spell limit per turn. So you can cast, you can break the rule of one spell per turn and cast any spell. The limitation is is he doesn't have a mouth. Right. Although you have a second mouth now, so maybe we should update that so that you can be <laughs> verbal as well. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I will allow it if it's with the second mouth. Okay. But no no material components, unless you're holding a focus. Um, boy, would I be holding that while this shit's going down? Not easily. Well, okay. All right. Well, I'll wait for my turn, and then I'll, I'll have an attempt on something. Okay, yeah. Ask and answer. Uh, yeah. Stanley, your turn. All right. Stanley doesn't know what happened. He can't see anything. He's uh, he's just sitting there. So first but thing, you, you might have seen it in, the, in your vision. Um, and I'm guessing there's never been like a save. I'm just flat out blind right now at this point. Oh right? yeah, sorry. The blind you can roll each turn to um, see if you break it. Okay, so I've had one turn, right? So yeah. can we can we roll that? Yeah, we forgot uh, to do that. What is it? Is it Constitution save? Yes, it is. Okay. And I'm guessing that happens at the end of the turn, right? Yeah, end of the turn, yeah. Okay, it would have been 17. All right, you blink, uh, clear your eyes, and you can see again. And to your horror, you're kind of tilted back, and you can hear the car dragging in the sand in the back, and <laughs> Hope's just gutting it as if the car isn't even broken. Uh Oh, is our car still moving? I thought she parked it. Didn't she park it? I was going to keep it driving as long as it could to get behind the body of the slow Peter so oh, that we okay. weren't a target. Okay, I got yeah. you. So so we're still, it's still on route, but she will park it, I guess, once it's behind the body. All right, we're moving at a clip. And let's see, how far am I? Sorry, not being blinded changes what I was going to do. So I just need to get caught back up here. Right, so he's about 140 feet away. That's a little too far to do much of anything for me. 
Uh, so Stanley is... You know what we'll do? Uh, we will just give a bardic inspiration to Hope. I'm sure that will come in handy at some point. So uh, Stanley is just going to give you inspiration. Uh, so for the next 10 minutes, you have an extra d12 to roll on an ability check, attack roll, or saving throw. 1d12. For Varel? Uh, no, for Hope. For Hope. Because she's in the bardic, bardic inspiration. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, very good. So at the end of that turn, you hear over your headphones, Admiral Chrysorius checking in saying, the battle is underway. Tactical teams, make your advance upon the anti-aircraft cannons. And, and you hear Monsoon Cabbage check in being like, Monsoon 1 here. On it. And then you hear the tactical team, the, the lizard folk tactical team. We are close and we will have this button uh, machine under our control soon. And the Nashes check in and they're like, um, so we are kind of already started. Um, we're actually inside, uh, but don't worry. The, this hamster moves really fast. And you hear like a lot of shooting and like crashing and banging in the background. I think we got this. Um, that, 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 hey, and you hear some slamming. Hamster Nash. It's there. Get that way. And so it, apparently the Nashes have already started. And um, and then one last voice checks in and says, Yes, I'll check in on your stupid devices. He's such a dick. And then, and then there's, 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 and after that, Admiral Chrysoria says, Good front gate status report. Uh, we've defeated one of the slow Peters, we're working on the second, and then we're going to begin our assault on the gate. And Monsoon checks in again and says, From where I'm standing, it seems like a large amount of the forces are moving to the front gate. Be ready for the horde. And then you hear, Boo! Ringing out still. Alright, Nash, your turn. All right. I'm going to cast that spot or that ice spell again. Because that's going good. Uh, and then I'll ask you about this other thing I got ideas about. So here we go. Ice storm cast at level four, which fills out my slots on four. Uh, give me a dex saving throw, please. Okay. Uh, I rolled a... Oh, I have to do a minus on this, though, because this dex is really low. Um, 16. That is a miss, only barely. Sweet. Good All right. You. Here is your damage for bludgeoning. Uh, that's a total, whoops, a total of nine, so it'll give uh, uh, three, what, three and a half, or whatever it is? No, four and a half? Three and a half damage. Yeah. I think it's round, you round up to the nearest. But, yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, let me give you the ice. Two, three, four. Okay. Uh, 19. So double that. So 29. Right? Mm, Wait. <laughs> no, that's What's wrong with me? 38. 38. 38. 38. 
Um, yeah, so for a total of 42 points of damage. Yep, right? yep. So 42 and the 79 that's done is 121. So again, another hail of ice fires down upon this slamming the slow Peter. It's just like it hits his head, knocks his jaw off, and then it hits a hand and his hand crumbles. And and then this drooping like liquid lava just falls out of his face and he goes, oh, and it crashes down and slays the slow Peter. Oh, nice. as, the, as it gets pummeled with ice and sleet. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Well, that, that then, negates what I was going to do then. Uh, let me just ask if you would have let me do this. So I was going to have my t- baby hand fire off ice, or uh, not ice storm. Um, hold on, where's the ray of frost? Just to see what would happen. Would he be allowed to do that? Assuming uh, I... Be, what, yeah, let's look at it. The ray of frost has... Um, what for its requirements? It is verbal and somatic. So oh, your hand shit. can do the somatic, yeah. and you would need your baby mouth to to say some. So nice we'd words. have to get the mouth going. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say. Have you, have you taught him to do anything yet? You no, I'm going to say that that hasn't happened yet. So right now, yeah. I don't think I can use that. Yeah, you, you kind of got to. kind of has to make a little bit of sense. What's yeah. going on? Here. I agree. A little bit, just a smidgen. Yeah, you haven't taught him to do spells, so no, there's, I, that would not work. Okay. Um, okay, and with that, uh, the gob- as the second slow Peter uh, hits the ground, we're now out of combat for the time being. Um, the goblin hordes drive past this combat as the liberators liberator sort of pull up and take stock of, of the encounter they just had. The goblins pull up in their vehicles, and they begin cl- like the hordes of them begin uh, exiting. And climbing up in a massive amount upon the either side of the rock face where the gate is, scaling the walls, um, and then on the other side, you you start you start to see like more and more bodies up at the top of the gate. The Toyota host, like half naked men with axles and, and like pieces of car equipment for clothing, and they've got like hubcap shields and giant axes and wrenches and power tools. And they start running towards the side, and the goblins begin clashing with them on the mountain cliffs. Well, not yet. They're throwing things down at the goblins, but there are so many goblins that they're running up. And so as part of... I'm, I've been simulating it in the background, but as part of the simulation here, I'm just going to move back to the map. I do have, like... We are going to resolve combat uh, in the war with these. So I'm going to ask one of you to roll for the... Um, to roll for the goblin tribes, okay? So I need a d20. Uh, I feel like that should be Kyle. Yeah, I'll yeah. do that. That's my a fault after d- all. Yeah, <laughs> he did this to us. It's, now the goblin tribes, uh, the goblin packs have a d20. They have a, a hex range of one, uh, so they get plus two to hit. Okay. Yeah. So a d20 plus two is seventeen. Okay, and that is versus the. Um, 17. Let me just see here. That is going to be versus Toyota Hoster, so that's a hit. I need you to roll 8d6. Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Okay, so th- one of the vehicle host squads. I'm just going to mark them down here. Has lost thirty-three of its of its uh, people. Okay, and as well as we've taken some casualties on the Liberator Squadron, we're up to thirty-eight. Uh, we're down to thirty-eight Liberators, and we've taken about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen Goblin um, 
uh, goblin vehicles have died. Okay. Um, now the uh, what we need to do is roll against your goblin packs here as the battle continues on. Uh, let me roll for the goblins, and I'll share this with you as I think the battle is going to continue on to next week. So I'm going to present this data to you as we start resolving combat. Um, and actually, that's a miss. The Toyota hosts are firing things down at the goblins. The goblins are clever and good rock climbers and suffer no casualties thus far as they make their way up. However, as they climb up, a, a large green metal uh, metal armored man approaches the top of the cliff and alongside them eight orcs decked out in in samurai looking hats with horns upon them and swords approach the top of the gate and they they jump down the, the, the orcs jump down from the top of the gate as well as the metal man drops down and lands upon the ground in front of all the vehicles looking out at you. And so when we move back to the map here in roll 20, I'm going to reveal them to you. Okay. Sorry, I got to go to the GM layer and reveal things. As eight Karobo Kishi and one paladin of the umbilical order drop down before the wreckage of the slow Peters. Now they are outnumbered in this area and liberator vehicles pull up guns are drawn. And the goblin hordes just seem to actually give them a wide berth and they walk slowly towards you. The first paladin, the first paladin, uh, in, you know, looking like a doom Marine or a space Marine from Warhammer 40 K large armor, big metal fists, points to you and, and says you have made a grave mistake opposing the principle you will be punished for your transgressions today and then he unsheaths a large rifle from his gun and pulls out a chain blade Kuromokishi attack and the Kuromokishi pull out their swords and begin running down upon the party uh, and I think we're going to leave it there because we have seven minutes left in the show and uh, we're not going to resolve another combat in that time as seven samurai orcs and one uh, paladin of the umbilical order in full space marine armor jet towards your location. It's going to be intense. Not intense, but intense. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, I thought we were going camping. No, for that's what I thought too for exciting. a second. Yeah. Well, wanted to clarify there. Uh, very exciting. Next week, let's see how that goes. And hey, guys, think of it this way. There's only a whole bunch more slow Peters left. So it's fine. <laughs> we have an army. You're not going to have to kill all of them yourselves. That's true. That's true. Yeah. A, the war is, hasn't even begun yet. This is just the opening <laughs> salvo. You've gone to the gate. The special ops are happening. Whatever na- the Nashes are doing, they're doing. Then everyone's fighting, man. That's, you know... 10,000 versus 10,000 people. Who, who, the hell, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I we don't, don't know. We're going to have to tune in to no find idea. out. In the meantime, I want to encourage people to keep sending. we got a bunch of great questions this week for our Q&A show, which we're recording right after this today. Uh, that means if you support the show on our support system on the site, at therewillbedungeons.com, you'll be getting that today, along with the full version of today's show. So keep those questions coming. And for those who support us, thank you so much. We're happy to to be bringing this stuff to you early. Um, uh, So go check it out. Therewillbedungeons.com is the place to find it and everything else we got going. That's going to do it for us. Oh, I'm not ready for that. Hold on. (laughs) There we go. Uh, If you're, if, oh, I know what I was going to say. One final thing. 
if you are uh, somebody who is uh, uh, looking for that T address, somebody told me on the, on an email earlier this week. They said, "Hey, can you say that at the end of the show too?" Because I never remember. Well, uh, yes, I will call. do that. Good call. Yeah, good call. Uh, so here's what you want to do: go to phoenixpearlt.com/twbd. All right, super simple. phoenixpearlt.com, which is probably the part you forgot. Uh, go check those out; they're amazing teas. That'll do it for us, for me, for Kyle, for Kristen, for John, for Bo. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Black Dragon. Not yet.